nice bunch of hiccups. Hopefully this doesn't happen again. <laughs> yeah, this is the third time starting. Uh, so I guess let's start the show. Let's start the show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, welcome to Recording Live. I am Dexter, and with me, as always, is... This is Matt. Hello there. Hello. Um, yeah, and I, I guess I don't know what we're talking about today. Hopefully we're not ending the show again. Um, <laughs> like you did last time. What was uh, that? Just at the beginning, you said it was our last episode. Oh, right. I was thinking, I'm like, did I just, did I get to the end of the podcast and just say, we're done? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We've gone on too long, so. No, I I re-listened to it when I I was editing it and posted it at the beginning, or on Monday, or yeah, I think I did on Monday night. Um, And I I just re-listened to that beginning part, and it was just. Uh, it was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, yeah, I, I guess I don't know uh, what you wanted to talk about necessarily. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up, though, uh, I I told my wife that we were talking about um, audiobooks and yeah. whether or not they should be considered like on par with regular, or like, you know, if you consider that reading a book or not. Um, and I still don't care what other people think, but... Uh, she mentioned that one of her podcasts that she listens to uh, called The Happiness Project, uh, hosted by Gretchen Rubin, which I don't know if you've probably, probably not heard of her. Um, she's – I'm not super familiar with her. I know she had some book called The Happiness Project. She's She seems to me to be one of those authors that does like a bunch of research and then writes a book about it. And now she has a podcast. Uh, but she found some research saying uh, that audiobooks – are just as good as reading like as far as um uh the way your brain takes it in and retains the information um and i actually i I then googled it and i found a time article that says that um audiobooks uh there's no significant differences in comprehension between reading listening or reading and listening simultaneously uh, however, the study was done with ebooks, and that there's actually a significant better comprehension with paper books as opposed to ebooks. Um, and it has something to do with being able to like see the words on like where they are on the page and where you are in the book. Okay. Like I guess for some reason, like knowing, like seeing the paper, seeing like how far you are in in the book, for some reason that helps with comprehension. Uh, but for whatever reason with eBooks, even though like it might tell you at the bottom of the e-reader that you are like 30% through the book, uh, that doesn't like help at all. And like it does, there's the there's less comprehension with eBooks than there is with paper books. However, audiobooks have the same level of comprehension as eBooks, which I, I thought. Which I think okay. is interesting. Um, and I was actually thinking about it too because I don't know if we've ever talked about it, uh, but there's a – and I can't remember what it's called. Um, but some people read books where you read it with a voice in your head. So as you're reading, you're basically narrating with your own voice in your head. Uh, and other people don't do that. And so they just see the word and they just know what the word means without having a voice in their head tell them what the word is. And so – if you can read a book without having a voice in your head, you can, those, the people who can do that tend to read faster and with better comprehension. Um, 
and I know the only thing I know, I guess, is that I read with a with an inner narrator. So I narrate the book as I'm reading it in my head. And so I guess in my mind, I don't see that as being any different than listening to, to an audio book because I'm just I mean, I like I'm hearing the voice, I guess, in my headphones as opposed to in my own head. And so to me, it's the same level of comprehension, I guess. Like it feels like it's the same parts of my brain that are reacting, but that's just, you know, me thinking it through. It's, there's no research there. I just thought it was interesting. And it's just interesting that there's actually like studies about it. I like to create voices for characters to differentiate them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do that too, for sure. Um, but like even just reading like, you know, a, a newspaper article or something um, like I, I just, I read and I have a voice in my head that's reading it, you know, internally yeah i can't really say whenever i read something i'm imagining my own voice yeah like so do do you i mean maybe it's something to think about i guess the next time you're reading but Mm -hmm. um because i don't know that i ever thought about it because i guess i just assumed i read the same as everyone else but there's actually like two different ways of reading or that people read and it's uh, people tend to either have do one or the other um and I guess there, if you have the inner narrator, there's like stuff you can do to try to develop it so that you can read faster the other way. Mm-hmm. But I guess a lot of people have trouble actually doing that. Um, but it's like one of the, there's those apps where like you read one word at a time and it just like flashes the words really fast on the screen, like on your phone. Yeah. Um, and so like that's supposed to help you read faster and you end up in theory, then be, being able to read it without the inner narrator. I don't uh, like being fast. I don't either, necessarily. It stresses me out. Uh, it's not even a stress thing. I feel like I'm not appreciating what's going on if I try and get ha- and try and hasten my way through. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, I mean, and I guess I have... I guess I get frustrated not being able to read faster than I do because I'm a pretty slow reader, really. Uh, and honestly, I'm comparing myself to my wife who is an insanely fast reader. I mean, probably not actually that insane, but compared to me, she's so much faster. Uh, And she just, I mean, she reads a ton and I just don't. Um, But I I think like, I wish I could read faster. I mean, but I wish I could write faster too. So it's, it's just one of those things where I think I just feel limited by my, my monkey brain, I guess. I Um, I have a question for you. Yeah. We talked about it in our group chat that we have. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't get an answer, so I want to <laughs> ask, how do you and your wife read together? Do you guys oh. read separately, or do you read? Uh, um, do you guys read out loud to each other? No. Okay, so let's see. We used to read out loud, um, not like lounging at home necessarily. I'm trying to think if we ever actually have done that. We might have, and I don't remember. We haven't recently, not since having kids at least. Um, But when we lived in Iowa City and we would drive back here um, for, like, whatever reason, Mm -hmm. a lot of times, like, I I like to drive because I get car sick if I'm not. Mm -hmm. Um, And we would often get audiobooks to listen to. But if we couldn't find an audiobook for a particular book we wanted to read, um, then Kelsey would just read it out loud, I guess. And that's the only time where we would – that I can really think of where we would do that. Um, and so otherwise, if we're reading a book together, which we haven't really done too recently, uh, there's the struggle with she reads faster than I do. Um, and so trying to think of the last book we did that with, um, there was a book or I think we did it with uh, the divergent 
series. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I remembered, like, uh, I struggled keeping up with her. And I think I she even kind of, like, let me get a really big good head start on the second book. Um, and then... Uh, the third, I started reading the third book and I just did not like the way it was going. And if I don't like the way a book is going, I just, I just stop reading it. Cause I just don't want to invest my time in it. Right. Sort of thing. And so I think like, I like the first two books in that series well enough, like for what they are. Um, I'm not like super proud of it, but they're, they're not horrible. Um, way better than the movie. Uh, but the third book, yeah, I just didn't like where it was going. And so I just stopped reading it. And that frustrated Kelsey quite a bit because she's the type of person that just wants to finish it. And so she'll just read it faster. Um, but, and so I think in general, we don't tend to read books together because I, because I do that and she doesn't like it, but, um, and that's for, as far as that's reading. So yeah, we read, so that was probably the last book we like held and read with our eyes. Um, but then, and the last, we do do audiobooks together and I tend to go through audiobooks faster than she does just because of, um, I like to listen to them in the car and when I'm mowing and stuff, I guess, like I, I just tend to find time to, to listen to them more than she does. Um, although she can listen, she'll tend to listen to audiobooks at like two times speed sometimes if she like just is getting tired of it, but so we read Leviathan Wakes together as an audiobook. So we listened to Leviathan Wakes, which is um, the TV show The Expanse, um, which is just about politics involving um, Mar, like the colonies on Mars, the colonies in the asteroid belt and Earth. Like there's just a lot of tension and there's like um, there's a potential war that might happen because of some th- things going on in the book. That's a really good book, by the way. Uh, I assume the TV show is just as good. Um, but yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, we don't read books out loud together. Uh, we just mostly, I guess, anymore, if there's a book we're going to try to enjoy at the same time, we do an audio book. Um, and then, and that's just nice because it's kind of like having a podcast, I guess, and then being able to talk about it, which we, I guess we don't really have any podcasts that we both listen to anymore. Uh, we had one but they stop it stopped they stopped making episodes so uh but yeah i don't know it's just like watching i guess a tv show then at that point you know with another person being and being able to talk to to them about it when you're not reading it or watching it yeah uh, but yeah no we don't mm. we don't just sit like around the campfire reading books to each other that's saying we might try it someday but it does sound weird i i listened to a podcast and uh some of the co-hosts was a married couple Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. They, they read them out loud. They read them out loud to each other. They trade chapters. Yeah, I mean, I, they did that with the entire Harry Potter series. That's interesting. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I it. I don't. I, I guess I, there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's. Uh, I mean, it's the equivalent, I guess, of an audio book. Um. To I mean, kind of like an audio book. Then. Uh, I hope you you know if you don't like the narrator, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like I said in the last podcast where I, the Halo books was like that, where I wasn't like super enthused with the the uh, the reader. Oh, or yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess what he uh, the person who reads it, um, yeah. Yeah, I especially guess. considering he mispronounced a lot of words. Right. And but yeah, no, I was just curious about that. I know. Uh, oh, what was I going to say? I 
I did. I don't remember if I did with our last podcast. I did finish Jaws. Uh, you brought up that there was a lot of sex in it. Yes, I did, but I can't remember really if I finished it or not. Uh, what did you have? I, yeah, I can't recall when I did that, but uh, yeah. I did like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I oh, have I ever like this is one that I'm sure there's an audiobook version of it, but I can't really recommend an audiobook version. Maybe the audiobook version might make more sense. Have I ever told you about uh, Irvin Welsh's Train Spotting, the novel, not the movie? Oh, crap. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, so, <laughs> Irvin Welsh is Scottish. Uh-huh. And well, that makes Trainspotting, sense. It's, a one, it's an amazing movie. It's one of my favorite films. Mm-hmm. I have the book, and I have its sequel, Porno. And the thing about that book is I picked it up because I loved the movie. I was like, I would love to read this. I heard it. There's a. It's based on a novel. Mm-hmm. So, here's the thing. It's written as if Scottish people speak. Uh, in dialect, yeah. Yes, it's That's, written. It's written in dialect, and that would help with audio, I would imagine. But still I would be pretty sure difficult. shit hope so oh. because reading it was like reading it, reading a different language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Mark Twain wrote that way too, uh, which uh, like. Um, Huckleberry Finn or whatever. The, yeah, I was going to say, that's what I remember. Yeah, I remember Mark Twain's stuff was written like that. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, yeah, a lot of Scott. I feel like a lot of Scottish stuff in particular. Uh, because um, Robert Frost, the, po- the poet from mm-hmm. from there, because he, he did uh, Old Lang Syne, that yeah. song we sing for New Year's Eve, or New Year's. Because uh, o- Old Lang Syne is old man time. Oh, like that, okay. Oh, that's okay. What, Old, like old Lang Syne, old man time. Like I, uh, I actually had to go on vacation in in Scotland for like a tour guide to tell me that. <laughs> okay. But but that's and so a lot of his poems are written in dialect, and that's yeah. I don't know. I don't read a lot of poetry. I just know I knew that I heard that. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. I guess that'd be a really difficult book to read. It was. I couldn't finish it. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean. I mean, but then again, to say that, you know, uh, the movie Train Spotting, that's a movie where I've seen it so many times. Mm-hmm. I remember when me and a friend watched it, and I think about 10 minutes into it, she looked at me and said, can we turn subtitles on? Yeah. Well, uh, the BBC used to have, like, a commercial telling you to turn subtitles on. Um, yeah. Like, back when, like, BBC first came to America, I, I think – like they're just like having a, having trouble following your favorite TV show. Try subtitles, <laughs> or yeah, yeah try the I, cl- closed captions. And that's where I'm I'm addicted to closed captions now because of just all the BBC or uh, might have even been from watching Red Dwarf as a kid, just like wanting to be able to like fully understand what they're saying. Yeah, and then you still didn't because you didn't know what the meaning of certain words were. Right. <laughs> and, and but yeah, that one has always stuck with me. Me and Meg, we watched that, and mm-hmm. yeah, ten minutes in, she looked at me and said. I'm really interested in this, but I can't understand a word anyone is saying because yeah. it is extremely thick, thick, yeah. almost Cockney accents. And it, it's it's a great movie. I highly recommend it. It's mm. over 20 years old. They made a sequel yeah. of it a couple of years ago, yeah. which I also really loved. It's um, starring Ian McGregor. And yeah, it's very weird to hear Ian McGregor's actual natural accent. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, I've only heard it in two movies, and uh, it's yeah, it is difficult to follow. 
like the movie, the the book and the movie are structured very differently. I mean, it is a linear story, mm. but yeah, the content of it, the the uh, what's going on in it, it's pretty rough. Like yeah. it's been compared to like Requiem for a Dream, but I think it's way better than Requiem for a Dream. And but yeah, the it is very very rough, thick Scottish accents. Hmm. That's yeah, that's interesting. It makes me more intrigued by it, I guess. I've never, I don't know. I think just when it came out, probably the dialect uh, being hard to understand. Uh, and then we were kids. I mean, yeah, twenty years ago, we would have been fifteen. Or I yeah, been it came 15. out in two thousand. It came in ni- came out in ninety seven. Okay, so I'm guessing. Yeah. I just probably wasn't interested in watching it. Well, I probably wasn't allowed to watch it for one thing. I didn't uh, see it until I was in my mid. I didn't see it till about thirteen years ago. A friend of mine recommended mm-hmm. it to me. Yeah, well, and, yeah, I guess I just didn't have anybody to tell me to watch it, and so I never did. Same. Uh, I never heard of it until he lent me the DVD and said, you need to watch this. This is a very good movie. And uh, I usually am always – this is a problem with me. When people try and force me to watch or read or listen to stuff, I I get pulled away. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get turned off sure. when people try mm-hmm. and pressure me to do something. I'm someone who really needs to find out naturally. Yeah, and he lent it to me. I think it sat on my TV for I don't know a couple of weeks, and then one night I just was like, "Man, I haven't watched this yet. Let's put this in." I mm-hmm. watched it twice. I watched it back to back. I was I, I've done that with a couple movies where I yeah. get so engulfed into it that I feel like I I need to watch this again. Yeah, when I was a kid, I, I was that way with um. Uh, Forrest Gump for some reason. I think there was a day where I watched it five, like five times. Really? Yeah, I, mean, I loved I, that movie for some reason. I don't know. I have no idea why. I can do that with like I talked last podcast with Jaws. I can just constantly mm. watch Jaws. I have no problems. That movie just does not get old. The yeah. only other movie that did that to me where uh, I picked it up, it was a recommendation. It wasn't like a forceful one. It was this mm-hmm. is very good. You might you would probably really like this. Uh, it was John Carpenter's The Thing, mm-hmm. and. I I did pick that up, or I was recommended it, and then I saw it at, at Borders. This is how long ago that was. And Borders Bookstore, which yeah. hasn't been around in 10 years. Uh, I buy baby now. Yeah. I, well, I picked up the movie, uh, God, like 10.30 at night. I was in Des Moines. Just, mm-hmm. uh, I was just back when I was living at home with my parents. So this yeah. was, God, was a while ago, yeah. like 14 years ago. And... I saw it for, I think, probably like 10 bucks on DVD, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is that movie I was recommended. Well, <laughs> it's pretty cheap. Let's grab it. And I got home probably like 11 o'clock that night, mm-hmm. and I put it on, and it finished about 1 a.m. I didn't have anything going on the next day. I was so enthralled by it that I just hit play again once it finished. Yeah. Wow. And I think I stayed up till like 5 a.m. because after the movie was done, I went to the bonus features, and I watched all the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, that's a crazy movie. I mean, I've never actually seen it, but I've seen a lot of like the special effects, like just things about the special effects in that movie. That's a very interesting, like the way that movie was done is very interesting. It's almost and, 40 years old. And I would say that other than some of us, uh, other than one, like or two seconds of stop motion animation, mm, uh, mm. the movie still holds up. It is almost a timeless film and i know i talked about john carpenter's thing last one because it's one of the books i picked up but it is a movie like that is just 
really, really good. And yeah, it does feel like it was it was very competently made. Uh, cinematography, the effects in it. I mean, it's not got CGI in it because it's 40 years old. And nowadays yeah. they did make another one and it was covered in CGI. But it's mm. a movie that is it is almost timeless. It's it's set perfectly in a in Antarctica. So there's no modern day stuff all over the place. Mm-hmm. So it's a very isolated film. But yeah, uh, if COVID ever disappears, we'll have to watch it because it is a very good movie. Yeah, no, it's uh, it always intrigued me, I guess. It's just it's low on my list of movies to watch. And I've never actually I've only ever seen the one John Carpenter film. Uh, and that's um, Vampires. No, I've never seen that. It's the Big Trouble in Little China. You've seen Vampires. You're the first person to ever tell me about that movie. Uh, what's Vampire? It's with uh, James Woods and one of the, and the fat bald one. When we were kids, you were telling me about that movie. Oh, that's called Vampires? Yeah, John Carpenter's Vampires. <laughs> I didn't realize. I didn't know that. I guess I didn't rec- uh Yeah, I, I, I mean, now that you say that, I have seen that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I remember when we were uh, teenagers, you told me you saw that, and you were describing the movie to me. I recently just yeah, saw yeah. that about four months ago. Oh, man. I don't I, – I vaguely – like, I remember the uh, James Woods being in it and the other and the one Baldwin. I think I get that mixed up with um, Dracula 2000 for some reason. Oh, that piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was a glorious piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I even saw that movie. I, I'm looking at like screenshots from this movie. I do not remember this at all. I remember James Woods in it, and that's really it. I have a really good memory. I remember you describing me the entire last 10 minutes of the film when we were younger. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. There you go. Kind of like how I still remember you describing the Matrix scene for scene at in lunch in middle school. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, had you seen The Matrix, or was I just like... No, you saw. I think you saw it in theaters, so you saw yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. And we were sitting okay. in, the, in the cafeteria in middle school in the basement, and... I don't know what we were having for lunch, but you were you said you were explaining to me how uh, food is perceived in the Matrix and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's a really good memory that you have. I have an elephant. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> damn near photographic. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, that's funny because I mean, and, and that's really funny too, just because that's how our friendship like originally started with Star Wars. Yep. <laughs> uh, interesting. Um, yeah, I, uh, sorry. I'm just trying to think where my brain was. Um, yeah, I guess back on the Scottish thing too, one of my favorite things, uh, as far as like uh, hard to understand. So I'm like really going back, I guess. Uh, I had a friend who went to Scotland and he was like on the train, uh, like going just between towns or on the subway or something, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, he was like listening to some of the people and they realized that he was an American and they started talking to him and he's just like, I can hardly understand what you're saying. And they just said, we can only understand you because we watch friends, (laughs) which I thought was kind of funny, but I thought uh, this was going to go in a different direction. I thought you were going to talk like, I thought you were going to talk about how you, you had a friend that went there and he became like Michael Scott and he came back with an accent. (laughs) That'd be funny. No. He's going to be one of those assholes. Yeah. And I don't know. When I was in Scotland, I mean, I guess I was in the really touristy areas. 
So yeah, that's I probably guess, best. Scotland is not. Everyone seems fine. Kind of dangerous. Yeah, I was in Edinburgh and I was right around the castle. So and that's where all the tourist stuff is. Um, so everyone talked. Uh, I don't know. Everyone just sounded English to me. I guess. I mean, obviously not English. I don't want to say that that's what they sound. Like. They, they sounded Scottish, obviously, but the accent wasn't so bad. Um, I'm very jealous that you got to do that because while I don't like to travel or go places, I would love to go to the UK. Yeah, uh, I mean, and that was just a mildly lucky thing because it's not because uh, that was it was paid for by Kelsey's grandparents. It was like a anniversary trip. That's what I was thinking. I thought it was your anniversary or something, or it was late honeymoon. Uh, you guys it was, did that. They, no, it was right after we got married. It was that next that following summer, uh, and but her grandparents took the so their so Kelsey's aunt and uncles and parents, I guess. And then their grandchildren. So it was just like what four or three daughters, and then their and their kids and families. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't. It's like fifteen of us total, maybe. No, no, not even that. Like ten people total. Um, and it was just with Kelsey's like entire family. Uh, and yeah, it was a two week bus tour. Started in London, went up to Edinburgh, over to uh, Wales, and back to London. Um, my, f- yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a fun trip. It was, uh, I saw a, f- a couple castles, which I, I guess I was very underwhelmed by the castles because they're, I mean, they're just, they just seem like big old houses. They yeah. They're not as castly as I, as I, as I expected. And then we got up to Edinburgh and saw the, the castle, like the actual castle up there. And that was a fantastic castle. Like that's a, everything you expect from a castle. Um, and then Wales is just gorgeous. Just like, yeah, that's that's where just, my family's from. That's why I'd really yeah. like to go. Mm-hmm. My I family's mean, yeah. uh, well. Pro- my family is. Uh, I'm half German, half English, but prime, uh, but mainly Welsh. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I have my grandparent, my uh, my grandmothers are German, but my grandfathers are both. One is from England, and then my dad's grandparents side is welsh so like the martin side of my family is welsh Mm -hmm. um that's really cool uh yeah i'm uh half german half english mostly uh i have a lot of or i have uh, i took i got one of those dna tests and i i have like one percent west african (laughs) okay uh we've been trying to figure out like what that means um, well, I mean, technically, <laughs> West Africa. I mean, I mean, I mean, technically, we're all from Africa. Yeah. So, I mean, it, yeah, and well, and just the fact that it's one percent. Like, what does that mean? How far back do you have to go? At least you're um, not related to Genghis Khan. Yeah, I mean, there's that. Uh, <laughs> well, and it's interesting too because my mom's side, uh, my uncle traced their lineage uh, or an ancestor back to India, I believe. Oh. Um, and I don't, I don't know what that means either. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I just assume it's probably something to do with because uh, her family is very English, like they have a family crest and everything, as far as I understand. Um, and so I'm assuming it's just you know England spending a lot of time in India. It's something's bound to happen yeah yeah um, like i said at least not really at genghis khan you know you can yeah. at least prove you're not a product of rape well i suppose so you can <laughs> at least say that you're not that's not to say it didn't ha- it's not possible uh old times but 
anybody who's a byproduct of Genghis Khan is a byproduct well, of rape. Yeah, that's what that is. But when he isn't he supposed to have fathered like the most children of any one man? Yes. Yes. Because of like, yeah, ten percent of the world. Yeah, it's, that's crazy. Yeah, it's like uh, it's something astronomical like that. Yeah, I mean, and then there's that doctor that was like at a fertility clinic that was actually just giving his own samples out instead of people that he said he was doing. Nice. Yeah, I guess the the whole the DNA tests like there's uh it's revealed that this guy has a a lot of kids and he's gone to jail for it. Oh really? Yeah. He's still alive? Uh yeah, I believe so. He's in, yeah, because his kids are like our age. Oh, really? Uh, I didn't know how old this was. I had not heard about this. <laughs> yeah, so I guess, uh, yeah, a lot of people, they get their DNA results back, and it says, that, like, you have, like, 30 brothers and sisters. And it's just like, what? Oh and then uh, they were, the interview, or the thing that I read, it was, like, they were interviewing this one particular lady. And I guess, like, shortly after she got that, she started getting, like, phone calls from uh, the, these people. And they're basically her brothers and sisters, like, all, half brothers and sisters, because this guy at a fertility clinic was just giving out his own samples, uh, saying that they were, you know, whatever sample they picked. Uh, yeah, it's, and so there's like a support group now, I guess. There's a support group for everything. Can you just imagine that though? Like that guy probably never expected this to happen. Oh, I think that's what he a hundred percent intended to happen. Well, I mean, because now, yeah, I mean, because he didn't have a legacy until now. Now he has yeah, a legacy. I, I think that's exactly why he was doing it. He did it just to do it. I mean, that's the whole point of him doing it. I don't think he was really like, oh, I don't know what'll happen. He knew exactly what was happening. Yeah. Uh, that's nuts. That's insane. <laughs> kind of amazing too. Right. Uh, but yeah. Anyway. Uh, that's interesting that you're Welsh. I guess I never. It makes. Yeah. It kind of, I guess it makes sense. I don't know. You know how I found out. Oh. When we buried my dad, uh, oh. the, fa- the family cemetery is outside of Ogden, and uh, uh, I found my my uncle uh, showed me the, around the cemetery, and he showed me the headstones of my God, I don't know what it would be, great great grandparents, and yeah, it had to be my great great grandparents, and uh, these headstones are like ten feet tall, and they're just oh, wow. ancient. And it was uh, my ancestors' big headstones and these giant tower-looking ones, and probably like like nine to ten feet tall. And it would say the name, the uh, their birthday and death, and it was born in Wales. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, I had no clue. I only found this out when my dad passed away. About uh, my dad passed away twelve years ago. We buried him eleven years ago, and. We were out there, and th- it's they're ancient. They're ancient headstones and yeah. pillars. And yeah, you look at these things, and yeah, it says where they were born. And yeah, both my uh, uh, both my grandparents, my great great grandparents, I believe, yeah, immigrated here uh, late 18th century. Mm-hmm. Wow! 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 I had no clue. Yeah, I thought my family was primarily German. And yeah. on both sides. Well, no, I found out on my mom's side, uh, on my grandpa's side, because she found a distant cousin living in England. And so that was kind of a shocker. She didn't even know that. And then, uh, but yeah, my gran- my dad's side, I was pretty baffled to find that out because for whatever reason, I guess I just figured that on my dad's side was all German until we found out that we're Welsh. Yeah. Huh. 
I'm trying to think. Uh, I, we had a similar thing my, when my uncle was like, like looking through my mom's ancestry, um, and we went on this weird like tour of all the cemeteries and like nearby. And uh, there was one in I want to say it's even the Ogden one, but maybe it was Minburn. I think we have somebody in, in the Ogden one. Like, but um, anyway, there was like we went to the cemetery and we're looking all over the place and we finally found a headstone. It was kind of like you said, like a big, tall, maybe not that as tall as yours, I guess, but like big, tall, like pillar. And we, it took us forever to finally figure out what it said. Cause like, they're just so old and weathered. That, yeah. Uh, like it was hard to read. And I don't remember where they were from. Um, I just remembered it being like, they were, they were in the back corner. It was like the oldest headstones in the whole place. Uh, it's crazy. It's always that's really interesting for sure. It, it's interesting to learn those things because it's like, oh, uh, Tom's not here. Tom is Czech. Yeah, yeah. I always forget that he's Czech. Yeah, he's Czech and he's gone there to uh, him and his family have gone there. And oh. uh, I'm trying to remember the story because I know that Tom's last name is Hotka, mm. but they removed the L on the name because the original family name was Latka. Oh, okay. Yeah, they took the L off. That's cool. I, I don't know how many generations they did that, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I think yeah, I'm like a gosh, what I'd be, I'd be like a fourth generation immigrant, I believe. Oh wow, no, only fourth. I would say so, because let me think, my great grand, my great 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 grand, I guess fifth. I think it'd be fifth generation. Okay. So yeah, it, it's interesting to find that stuff out, and then you know, I find out that I have a. Uh, my grandmother's side there we found in books uh we had some uh nazi general awesome yep found that part out well that's fun probably living out in in uh brazil or somewhere now venezuela that's where they went yeah that's where they hid go be farmers um so anyway, I know you had a couple of topics you wanted to discuss. Yeah, uh, yeah. You want to talk about woodworking projects. Have you finished your uh, miter saw box? Uh, yeah, I forgot to send you a picture, didn't I? Oh, my phone's dead. I can't send you a picture. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's done. I started I started another project that uh, is potentially a Christmas present for somebody. Um, but the way it's going, I don't think it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I got the miter box done. It's pretty level, I guess. It's, it's, it's workable at least. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I got a couple more like woodworking type things on my Christmas list. So hopefully I can get some things, but I think my next big purchase is definitely going to be a table saw. Like the more I'm doing things, I just like thinking my circular saw is going to be enough. And I just keep making like really bad cuts. (laughs) And so I'm just like, (laughs) Yeah, I need a table saw. So no, yeah, it's uh, my my miter bo- my miter station is all done. It looks nice. Um, I'm excited to get some projects done. I just my I blew the budget for the month just getting everything I needed to do that, and I bought some tools right after my birthday and just spent too much money. So I'm kind of waiting for Christmas, I guess, before I like really buy anything else, like even like wood for projects. So. Actually, on that. Yeah. So I, I had so much crap get shipped in the past seven days that I'm going, ooh, that's going to take a ding on the bank. Yeah. So, and 
like it's not like we're hurting or anything i guess but no, like, no, uh sure. but i just like i if i don't stop i'm not going to stop kind of thing and mm-hmm. it just i need to keep an eye on that on that stuff i guess I, um same. but yeah no and so i mean i i had enough scraps i guess just from building that table or that station so i i had enough to kind of start another project um but yeah no i was wondering because you mentioned i don't i don't know if it was here on the podcast or just another time we were talking uh you mentioned that you wanted to get into woodworking i would love Uh, to i just don't live in a place that i can do it yeah but like i guess i just i didn't even know that that was something that interested you uh well it's it's like i said on the uh before Mm -hmm. um on the podcast that like uh uh i like to make stuff bob has really made me want to do it because Mm -hmm. it just looks so much fun the unfortunate thing is i live in an apartment i can't Mm -hmm. so there's not really much i can do now but i always tell people that my dream my lottery goal would be to you know uh it'd be if i won the lottery which Mm -hmm. would be just to build a big house uh but also build a very large barn that would also be like a loft area and it would just be a place to uh, do woodwork and stuff and learn how to do things. And I just feel like, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just as you get older, you want to start doing stuff like that because I do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, yeah. I live For in sure. a two-bed apartment. And so there's not really a lot of home improvement things I can do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would so- like to. I have no experience in it, but I, I love to learn. I love to watch yeah. how-to videos. Like I said, we've talked about them a million times. I like to make stuff is one of my favorite YouTube channels. And so I just love watching and I am extremely envious that I can't do any of this stuff. You buying tools makes me so jealous. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And we talked about it too. And I guess I, I need to have you over so we can like work on projects together for sure. Um, and so I guess that's mostly why I was wondering like what kind of projects you wanted to work on. I just uh, want to build things. I'd love yeah, to make okay. tables, coffee tables. Okay. Uh, um, like the beds that Bob has made, stuff like that. Like so much of that stuff's cool. Like I watched him make uh, uh, one of his latest videos was that those that hidden bed. I can't remember what it's called. A Murphy bed. A Murphy bed. I watched yeah. that Murphy bed get made, and I'm like, that is one of the coolest things ever. And it always yeah. gives me flashbacks of watching Roger Rabbit. Yeah, because he gets trapped in it. Yeah, he uh, yeah. he has a, he the detective uh uh. Eddie, yeah, Eddie Valiant. Mm-hmm. He uh, he li- he lives in a studio apartment, and yeah, his right. bed folds up to look like a file cabinet. Yeah. And I remember being mesmerized by that as a kid. So watching that video was like, this is so cool. I would love to make these things. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, for sure. Uh, you need to come over and build stuff with. I know. Whatever I have. Um, and yeah, and the funny thing, I like, I just wish I had, I guess, a bigger <laughs> shop area. Uh, like it's a good thing I have a small car cause I can kind of cram everything into the garage in front of my car at least. Um, right. and in the summer, like I don't mind parking in the, in the driveway. So I like in the summer I can spread everything out on my side, like on my car's side of the garage and have a shop, I guess. So I need to figure out at least for the winter, just cause like, I don't want to have to defrost my car every morning, um, figure out a way to like make it so I can pull every, you know, kind of pull everything out and then put it away really easy. I guess that's my biggest um, task, I guess, as far as having my shop in my garage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, 
the table saw I want to get is a folding kind, I guess, so it could fit underneath the miter box. And really, with that miter station, I can probably kind of like build that out a little bit more to have shelves and all the space for all the tools to be able to like be in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be nice. And I but, mean, uh, yeah, no, it, what I was gonna say, you know, and Bob's got a bunch of because you built your miter box based off i like to make stuff's designs yeah my the miter station i bought the plans off of him um and i only did about half of it maybe uh there's still uh like a fence that he had that has like a like a, a stop block that can bolt into it yeah uh just but right now i'm just gonna drill like i'll just put a block down screw it in and that'll be my stop block it's just for you know for cutting you know, the same length over and over. Yeah. And I, um, I know he's got designs for a table saw and stuff like that. And he has that like modular one that can fold out and things like that. Yeah. He has a bunch of stuff like that. So I'll probably be looking to see if he has a little bit more of that. And just through him too, he has another podcast called making it mm-hmm. uh, with two other YouTubers, I believe. Yes. Uh, and so I've looked at a couple of their plans and just the things that they make. And I've been trying to convince myself that, yeah, Bob's not the only authority on it. I actually, I ended up going to New Yankee Workshop or NewYankee.com because uh, uh, as a kid, I always grew up watching Norm, uh, Norm Abrams on PBS. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched that guy. I just uh, remember this old house. Yeah, so it was on like right before. Or I, actually, I think he was in on this old house. He was like I'm one of sure the. Sure, he was. Guys. Bob Vila was everywhere back in the oh, day. Oh, oh wait. So this old house is Bob Vila. I believe so. Okay, so Norm Norm had a show that was similar to Bob Vila's, I suppose. Uh, Norm just worked out of his workshop, and he would go out and get an antique that he liked, and then he would take that that back to his shop, and he'd rebuild it, but he would like tweak it a little bit to make it better. Um, and he get really cool things like roll top desks and just, I don't know, bed, bed frames or like, um, I just like benches and stuff. And he just build them and they were really cool, but he was always like making custom jigs and like bending wood and like doing crazy stuff. And I just, as a kid, it was always just fascinating to watch for some reason. Um, and so and then he had another show that was probably more like the Bob Vila show. And maybe it was this old house, but it was him and a couple other guys. And they would just kind of like do home. Like, so on his own show, he was always building like things that go into the home. But then he had this other show where they were actually doing like home projects where like they were fixing pipes or something. Um, and I can't remember what that one was called, but anyway, so I just remembered, I went to, I looked up New Yankee Workshop because that was his TV, that was his, that show where he made antiques, I guess. And he has like every plan from every episode of his show is like $15 each. And so I was like looking through that to see like what to build and, and, uh, and yeah. And so I've just been like scouring the, the internet, I guess, recently, just trying to find things to build, um, loosely looking for things to like just build to sell. Cause like, the main reason I'm doing this is just cause I want to be able to work with my hands. Like I just, I sit at a desk all day for my job. Um, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a person who needs to be like up and moving and, and working with my hands. And so it's just, uh, I, I, especially just, yeah, with working from home recently, never leaving the house, I just been ve- feeling very cooped up. And, and my wife was just like, you know, you need to be working with your hands. Why don't you do some woodworking? <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, it's a good idea. And so, I, yeah, I just had my birthday last 
month, last month, yeah. And so I just went out and bought the tools and just started working on it. And it's snowballed a little bit, maybe. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm enjoying it. I have uh, my brother-in-law is really into woodworking, too. So I get to ask him questions whenever I have them. Um, but uh, I think I started looking, yeah, for like things to sell um just like online obviously because i can't sell them at craft shows right now um but yeah i don't know it'd just be interesting and i think for sure you should come over and do that totally (laughs) i just also looked it up bob vila is a lot younger than i thought he was how old is he he's 74 oh wow bob vila was like in his mid to early 40s when we were kids he looked like he was like 50 something well yeah he had really gray hair didn't he yeah just really gray whatever i mean some people do that uh yeah, that's very weird to be like this dude looked like he was in his late 50s all when we were kids and stuff and it's like right. oh wow he's not that because i'm not gonna lie i was googling bob Vila. yes it was uh um that's it that was him uh i was like he's probably dead no he's not <laughs> wow huh that's that's interesting is he does he do anything anymore uh, yeah, he still does. He still does things. Good for him. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was weird. I, uh, but yeah, um, I've always been interested in that kind of things. Like my dad did stuff with his hands. My dad was a plumber. And yeah. Air conditioning repairman. And, uh, my grandpa also had his own little, uh, uh, woodworking station in the basement and stuff like that. And my stepdad does do that kind of stuff. My stepdad's a drywaller and, mm. Uh, he also like my parents are rebuilding a house right now. And so it's uh, that kind of stuff is always very much interested me. But being a big nerd and stuff like that, I never divulged into it or I've never looked into doing that kind of stuff for a living. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Maybe I missed my calling. But uh, yeah, uh, it's it's always fascinating. It's, yeah. It's always something fascinating. Like I said, it is um, if anything you know, eventually get married, get a house and everything. If anything, it would be like a lovely retirement thing to do. Yeah. Uh, that's for sure. I guess the, uh, retirement thing. That's, that's interesting. Um, I'm trying to think what like got me into woodworking. Cause just what you were saying there. Cause, uh, I remember like in middle school, I was always good at shop cl- in shop class. Well, it I makes mean, if one anything, <laughs> Yeah, I think that shop uh, in our middle school, I think if you didn't get along with the teacher, then you weren't going to do well in that class. Nope. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I just so happened to get really, I was, I got along with him really well. Uh, and I, I always got done with the project or like the drawings that we had to do early. I hated um, those damn things, Dexter. I hated that, I that shit so much. We used yeah. to, when we were like 13 and 14, we had a class called industrial tech yeah. and it was, it, you know, fancy word for shop class. But mm-hmm. the, the first God, what was it? The first semester of it was just, well, no, it was broken up. It was uh, when we were in seventh grade, it was, it was industrial tech and home ec. Yep. And whichever one you didn't take first, you took the next one. Yep. And pretty much, I think it was what our in seventh grade, it was all inside stuff. And then by eighth grade, industrial tech was all wood. Like a lot of stuff was outside in the shop. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the stuff that we had to do in that class 
where we had to perfect designs well, and things. We were given like 3D objects and we had to draw them out um, like on blueprint, like we had to do a blueprint of it basically. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm surprised you weren't good at, or better at that. I was terrible that. at it. I hated it. I, I had to stay after class so many times or I was always the last person in class because I couldn't do it. I was terrible at it. Wow. I mean, that makes sense then that you didn't like that class. And it, I'm I'm betting that you probably just didn't get along with him then. He oh, was I didn't very... help that he's my brother's stepdad. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Bark's my step, my brother's stepdad. Huh. Yep. Well, there you go. Get along uh, with my parents. What? Get along with my parents. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, interesting. But what was it? Oh, yeah. So I enjoyed that class, but I never, I guess it never occurred to me, like, in high school to take shop class. And, Same. I and never I did, shop Well, and I, I didn't get along with, like, the other kids in shop class. Like, they just weren't. They were rednecks. We weren't. Yeah, I guess. They are rednecks. I'm sorry. I don't want to sound offensive to anybody, but we live in middle rural Iowa. Yeah. We were surrounded by corn. If you, like, the people who took shop class it was all the farmer kids. It was really. the farmer kids, and it was the kids who wanted to be farmer kids. Yeah, I guess. It was the kids that, who wanted to do fair. shop class, like auto auto class and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and and, and I'm I, like I said, I'm not trying to sound offensive to anyone who excelled at that or loved doing that stuff. We live in the middle of the Midwest. Uh, yeah. The people who took that were stereotypes, and if you didn't fit in those stereotypes, it wasn't really your place or scene. Yeah, and I don't know that I. Yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, I definitely wasn't friends with those guys. And so it, it just didn't entice me to go be in that class. Um, and so, yeah, all through high school, I, I didn't even do art class in high school because I wanted uh, to have the extra study hall. And so I didn't do any real extracurricular stuff except for band um, because, yeah, so I, I, I guess I was just in band. And I regret that for sure. I think I should have taken choir. I would have liked to have been in choir. Now that I think, like, as an adult, choir. thinking back, what? I hated choir. Oh, I, I, I did yeah. a senior I year. I I can sing. I am talented with my voice with singing. Mm-hmm. I actually am. I'm not tooting my own horn. Uh, <laughs> I got put. I got. I got very much asked to join choir my senior year, and I did, and I didn't like mm-hmm. it. Uh, yeah. Like I've, like I've talked about many times, I'm very introverted. Uh, I'm very yeah. shy, and. So getting in, fr- which is weird, considering I was in drama and stuff. I was gonna like say that. you were good at the, you were good at speech. Yeah, I was good at speech. I was good in drama. I was the star of my uh, senior play. Uh, but over, I've always been shy. But over the years, I've gotten more and more shy. And but yeah, one thing is that I I do have uh, a problem with is I don't want to sing out loud. Like I can sing, <laughs> but I also kind of get a little tone deaf. Yeah. And holding my and singing for long periods of time, I lose my voice. Like sometimes even on the podcast, I lose my voice. Yeah. And so but it's also as I get older. But yeah, I I, I did band. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember how to play whatsoever. What did you play? I don't remember. I, I played the clarinet and then I moved to the bass clarinet. Oh, and okay. I don't I wasn't good at it. I'll fully admit I, I've thought about this a lot over the past like uh, 15 years. Yeah, I wasn't very good at it. I did band because my sister did and because you guys did. Yeah, but I wasn't good at it whatsoever. I'll fully admit I was pretty terrible. I didn't know how to play my instrument whatsoever. And I didn't try. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll admit I didn't try. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I, I regret going out for that stuff. I actually really do because yeah. it, it wasn't my thing. Um, I did do art and I can tell you right now, don't feel bad about not doing art. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I failed art class. Well, and I ended up doing art because I was, I mean, that's my major from college. And so I don't think, and I didn't feel like in college that I missed out by not doing art in high school. Um, I mean, because really art in college is mostly um, studying art history Yep. And then doing what they call studio classes, which yeah, since I was, stuff. which, and, well, and since I was a, a graphic designer, that just meant I was sitting on the computer, which is what I was doing in my free time anyway. And so it didn't like, I think honestly, that's the only reason I graduated is because I was doing like, I did, I had, I picked a major that didn't feel like work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that helped a lot. And I just, I, I I was probably I probably graduated kicking and screaming just by Kelsey dragging me like through my Spanish class and getting help you know telling me to do my homework um, for the other classes but I somehow like did well enough then in my studios that I got good enough grades and I you know I graduated um, but yeah so oh yeah so I, sorry. Uh, you said something and I forgot what it was and I thought it was funny. Was that um, a failed art class? No. <laughs> so I can tell you right now, art class in high school is a waste of time. Yeah. And the I don't know what you're if you I don't know if you took any art classes because Dexter and I grew up yeah. until high school when he moved, so uh, we went to different yeah. high schools. Uh, I don't know what your if you took art in high school at I all, know. but my art teacher in high school was a pretentious prick. And failed me because one of my assignments got damaged. And he just flat out told me I didn't have what it took. And that's what I hate about art class. Because, like, uh, up to, like, middle school and stuff, like, elementary, middle school, everyone had to take art class. And you just... You just have to do what the teacher tells you to do. You're not doing original work. You're not getting yeah. to be creative. You're. It doesn't matter how creative an artist you are. Your grade is no different than the kid who can only draw stick figures. Yeah. It's mimicry. And uh, so eventually in high school, you get to take different kinds of art classes and stuff like that. And I took a fair share of art classes. Huh. But I remember when he practically told me I didn't have talent that – you know, I stopped taking art and it, oh, it didn't kill. I mean, I stopped going for art. Like I have always, you know, had a sort of talent uh, with drawing. I mean, I've, yeah. I've done comic, I've done yeah, my yeah, own yeah. comics and stuff. I do my own stuff, but uh, that teacher killed my drive to a point where I wasn't, I never had aspirations to go to school for art, but it wasn't until meeting Tom that I did. And, yeah. uh, but I was still drawing uh, in my free time here and there. But, yeah, I had a teacher that pretty much just told me I didn't have what it takes, and it killed my drive to want to draw or do anything. Jackass. Oh, he was a a complete prick. Oh, man. Like, this is a teacher that you, if you took a class with airbrushing, he had one airbrush gun, and only he was allowed to use it. You had to sit there and watch him use an airbrush gun. That's weird. Oh, yeah. Like, I took pottery in that class. That sucked. Uh, They only had two pottery stations for, you know, a dozen kids man you should have taken art like studio art in college i feel like that would have been a way better place for you i didn't want to well i i was i mean and i was going to school to be a teacher yeah 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 
So art was beyond me. And then it wasn't until meeting Tom and stuff and figure it wasn't until meeting Tom and others and yeah. Tanner that really introduced me to digital art, like right. Photoshop and stuff like that. That's what really well, like introduced that world to me. It's really funny, too, because like when we were in high school, like digital art like that really wasn't a thing yet, which is really funny to think back to uh, just because like uh, I mean, when we were in college, like they were still on Adobe Creative Suite 3. CS3 uh, came out in. Yeah. yeah I think C- CS4 came out in 2008. So, yeah, CS3 would have still been pretty... the big one between like 2005 and 2007. Yeah. So like it was still pretty early, uh, oh, yeah. like in 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 that stuff, and I mean, and we weren't by. I mean, there were people doing digital art classes like a whole generation before us, I know, but it just it wasn't a big thing yet, which is just weird. Because um, like even when I was in college, I uh, the University of Iowa didn't even have um, like a web program. Like, yeah, I remember. Was, I remember. Nobody was teaching web design. There was I one website. You said class. you were going to Iowa. University yeah. of Iowa for design and stuff. I mean, I think everybody was like, whoa, are you sure? That's not a design school. Yeah, well, I went there because Kelsey was going to school. You went there because right? your wife was going to college there. You wanted to <laughs> which, be with your wife, which I understood. <laughs> to be fair, too, my first major – okay, so, yeah, my first major at Iowa was actually um, – was theater, which I guess kind of brings us back to what we were talking about with woodworking. Um, but because – the uh, yeah, so I transferred to Iowa – and Iowa has a decent theater school, like a very decent theater yes. school. Um, I believe their MFA program is top notch for that. Um, but and so I got into the school, but I was too late to get into any classes, really. And so like for that semester. And so the only class I could get into for theater was uh, was a props building class, which basically just means woodworking. And so I was just building, like, I built a desk, I built a lamp. Uh, we actually got to do an electroform, like a giant electro, not electroform, that's the wrong word, um, vacuform. Oh. They had a giant vacuform, so I made, like, a lampshade with that. Uh, and it was, a, it was just a lot of fun, and I just, like, I realized, for one thing, that in that class, I did not get along with any of the other theater students. Like, I just, it was impossible for me to make friends. Theater know, students like, are 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 an interesting breed. Like yeah, act, like actor act like student actors and stuff like that. Yeah, they student are actors. interesting, and you even get a couple of those in high school too. Yeah, like, which is they're all over the place, but they are yeah. that what Dexter's not joke like no joke with not getting along with those people. It was just it was very clicky, I guess, and I just I had I just couldn't find my end, and I think part of it was probably transferring as a sophomore. Uh, I don't know. So anyway, I realized, yeah, building things with my hands, I really enjoyed it. And I want, so I was just like, I just decided, uh, to transfer over to the art department instead. And I wanted to make my, like literally like the thought in my head was like, I want to make money though. So I'm not going to do painting. I'm not going to do whatever else. Like I, I was just kind of like looking, thinking it through and I landed on graphic design. And so then that's how I got my major, but it really though, it was that class in, in the theater school, that really convinced me that I liked woodworking. Like mm-hmm. I liked working with those tools. I liked uh, building things with my hands. And, uh, and I, honestly, I didn't have another chance to do that again. I, like I built my own desk after I, I graduated college. 
Um, we were like at Ikea. I saw a desk. I was just like, I, let's, let's not buy this desk. I'll just build it. And so I went home and I built it basically. So I built my own desk and that was the only thing I really built between You're then. You swiftly kicked out of Ikea for taking photos of all of their desk props. Yeah, basically. Uh, <laughs> I did take a lot of pictures of that desk before we left. But uh, and, well, and the funny thing is I built it, but I built it like twice as big. It was a massive desk. Like when we moved, we, like we, uh, uh, I think one of we rented out a couple of rooms in our house or in our condo. And so I think just to one of the people that we were, we was one of our renters. I just gave it to them when we moved out. Uh, cause they wanted it. So I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, cause it was just a massive desk and I didn't want to move it. But anyway, so after we moved back to Des Moines, uh, I worked for my brother and so he does woodworking or he does a uh, hardwood tile laminate flooring. Uh, and so it wasn't until then that I really got to work with tools again uh and that was just that was a lot of fun i mean if nothing else i just got to hang out with my brother all day um but yeah just getting to work with tools it was just it was fun i probably bought a couple more tools and i've done like yeah some woodworking here and there i guess here in my office i'm staring at my weird wood wall that i put my backlighting on that i really like um but yeah i just haven't done a intentionally done a whole lot of woodworking until I guess just recently, but I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. And so, yeah, just then I guess I don't have a whole, like I have a lot of plans that I want to work on, uh, like building, um, I don't know, like end tables or something. Um, but, um, I really don't know. Just work on stuff. (laughs) Did you, did I, I don't know if you ever saw, did you ever see my architecture desk? Uh, is it like a drafting desk? Yeah. Um, I feel like I've seen it. Yeah. I, it I don't have, I don't own it anymore. Uh, oh. I got it like, I don't know, like over 10 years ago and I, I like saw this seen. thing. Yeah. It was a giant draft table. This thing weighed like 150, 200 pounds. Okay. And it was just all steel and oh. it had one of those foot presses that raise and lower it. Oh, I cool. got yeah. It from, oh yeah. I got it from Goodwill for like $20. Oh boy. And this thing was awesome. It was just ridiculously large. I ended up throwing it on on the curb after I moved or right before I moved uh, out of the town I was living in. But I had this giant like, yeah, architecture table. Yeah, yeah. it was really cool. But yeah, it was way too heavy. I couldn't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. It was pretty neat, though. Yeah, I, I, man, yeah, I remember you bringing up that the actors and stuff like that. I remember going to school with uh, oh. <laughs> people, aspiring actors and stuff like that, and yeah, they just took it so serious. They took it yeah. way too serious. And I think that was the problem that I had because, like, the only reason I went into acting school is because so my first major was accounting, and I just, I accounting made me mad. Like, I would just get out of class and I'd just be like mad at the world, um, and. And so then I was just like, well, I don't know what else to like go to school for. Uh, and I, I just remembered that the only thing in like, I, cause in, in high school, I won an award for, in my accounting class. Like we had, um, awards, I guess they're called the Academy Awards. Um, and like, I got a trophy for just doing excelling in accounting 
And so I was just like, all right, I'll go to school for accounting since I got an award for this. Um, and then I just hated it. So then I was just like, well, what's the only other thing? Like, what's the, another thing in high school that I did well at? And for some reason, like, I just, all I could think of is like, and for acting, like for all the plays and stuff, I always got compliments on it. Like everyone always just told me I did a really good job. Uh, and this one guy, one of my friend's dads just like told my mom, like, you know, Dexter's a really good actor. And I don't know, he probably just thought I was decent. But for some reason, I was just like, well, he said I was a really good actor. So I decided to go to acting school or go to theater school. Um, and that's the only reason I did that. So it was just a really weird roundabout way to get to graphic design. But, but yeah, I think basically, yeah, sorry, what you just said, like, I just, I, I was, I'm naturally good at it, but I wasn't going to be, you know, spending my extra time trying to perfect it. And that was the problem probably. Yeah, I get that. I mean, uh, we grew up with a kid who he did go to, he did go to college for acting. I don't know if he Hmm. ever got a degree in it, but uh, I know that was his major. He works for a newspaper in Des Moines now, last time I checked. Oh, okay. But I do remember very much that he was going to school for a degree in performing arts. Yeah. That reminds me too. My brother had a friend who went to like New York to become a director. That's insane. Like, I think, uh, like, movies and stuff are amazing. Like, I would love to do do something like that. I like acting, too. Like, I, I Dexter and I both did plays growing up. Like, yeah. And we always went to each other's plays. Uh, and I went to one out of the two of the plays you went in co- You were in college when we went to college together. And hmm. it was... Oh, yeah, yeah, at DMAC, right? Yep, yep. And <clears throat> so acting's always been fun. I never could see it as a career, mainly because... Oh, I don't know how people make a living off of that. Like, yeah, being unless firing one, unless you're like probably the top, I'm guessing 1% of actors. <laughs> yeah. And you gotta be real good looking and oh man, look at myself in the mirror. Nope. nope. Uh, you, could, you could be like, uh, uh, the best friend or something in a movie. I, I could <laughs> probably be like, uh, the, the person in like a, a, like a herpes cream commercial or something. Well, hey, hey, that's where, that's where everyone gets their start. Yeah, pretty much. And, uh, um, but I also, I've always wanted to do it, but I can't do it because I'm too shy. I've always wanted to do stand up. Oh, yeah. I actually, uh, I took a core, uh, the master class for stand up. And that's probably why we were talking about Steve Martin. And that's probably why I actually, like, looked into Steve Martin at all is because I took his master class on doing stand up. Uh, and I actually, I spent a lot of time trying to like come up with material and stuff. Um, but I just, I never, part of the problem, I, just, I didn't, I don't have the time to actually go do it, but stand up would be a lot of fun. I would love to do stand up. Like I actually do think I am funny and I do think sure. I could do it. Yeah. Uh, I'm too nervous too. I don't think I could handle it. Yeah. I get, I get sick, uh, trying to perform, uh, I did in school too. Like I would get very, like I would get stomach sick from uh, like waiting for my turn. And Hmm. I think the worst thing we ever did was you and I did improv uh, in class. I tell you what, about a couple months ago, I was thinking about that and I had a lot of fun in group improv. Mm -hmm. I hated individual improv. Individual improv is the worst thing ever. I didn't know you did individual improv. I don't remember that. I did it twice. I did it at, uh, uh, the last time I did it, we, our schools didn't do it together. Okay. So I don't remember where I went for it. I think I did it in, 
I don't want to say in Waukee, but maybe, but I remember we didn't, we did it, uh, we did individuals in different districts. Okay. So we did group in the same district, but we did Mm -hmm. individuals in different districts. And I remember doing individual improv and I just remember hating it so much. Yeah. I guess individual improv is like, arguably improv in performance improv has been labeled as one of the worst uh, forms of performance. And I can't, I can't really disagree with that when you're younger. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. But uh, (laughs) adult performance improv, like with group, it's terrible. It really is. After hearing people discuss it a lot, I find it hard to disagree with what people say about it. From what I understand, like a lot of comedians do it. uh, And I think it's just kind of a way to like help, find characters like i i'm stuck but, thinking of the office with michael's improv nights yeah do you, do you remember that episode where he, he goes to improv night and everyone's dreading doing it with him because every time he does a scene he just pulls out a gun and just kills right. everybody <laughs> i forgot about that yeah uh but yeah so it's, i I can't imagine doing improv solo though. Like that it just sucks. sounds miserable. It sucks so much, and you're so heavily critiqued. Yeah, it's right. And that, and you that have to be able to do your blocking correctly. You yeah. have to try and make sure that. Uh, I think you need at least. Uh, usually, it's two people that you're playing, and right. you have okay. to do your best to make sure that the two personalities that you're performing are distinctly different. Yeah. The biggest problem, and I will say this is a problem. I understand it's competition. You're given a situation and two and, and two characters and you have like less than five minutes to create your whole 10 minute bit. Yeah. I remember my brother did it and he was pretty good at it, but he I never did. What? what? That was the thing I always wanted to do though, was motivational speech or just speeches. See, okay, for me, I I have a hard time giving like talking, I guess, uh, or doing uh, like giving a presentation. Like, I can't even. I have a hard time at work, even when it's just like two or three coworkers that like I, you know, I I can have a conversation with that same group of people just out out in the hallway, and I feel you know it's fine because I'm just uh-huh. talking. But then as soon as I have to give like a presentation, I'm so nervous. But then it it's interesting because like I think back on like. Uh, the plays and doing um, the the small group and individual stuff, I was never nervous. Like, I mean, I would get a little nervous, I guess, but like it never bothered me that much, especially the plays. And I think it's because like doing a play or whatever, like you're acting as another character. So mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm not like presenting myself as Dexter. I'm presenting myself as that character. And so then it's just like, well, if you don't like me, that's just because you don't like this character. That's fine. And so, like, I'm guessing that that's how I mentally got through it, is it's just like, you know, I don't care if you don't like this performance because this performance isn't me. And I'm guessing that that's how I got through it because any, like... Even as a, even in high school and especially like a DMAC, I remember I had to, like uh, in the speech class that we had to take, like oh, I hated that. Um, just giving a speech to just like a room full of people. I had no idea who any of those people were. I couldn't care less, I guess, who they were at the time. Uh, but like giving a speech to them about whatever it was I had to talk about was just miserable. <laughs> I've never minded that. 
That's interesting. Yeah, I've never minded that. The only time I froze up was when we had to do a speech section in one of our classes. Yeah. And everyone had to do a uh, a performance. Mm -hmm. Uh, I choked bad on that one. I was Mm -hmm. like 15, 16. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But I don't mind getting up in front of people and talking. I really don't. And it's unfortunate Lee's not here. Lee is my boss at my job. And Lee would contest that I am extremely vocal in our meetings. (laughs) And uh, in a room of like 30 to 60 people, Mm -hmm. uh, I talk. And I try and make sure that what I'm saying has a point and it's relevant. Yeah. Uh, I had to do... I was in a manager program a few years ago and I was given uh, me and another person were both given a task to discuss a subject. I don't remember what his subject was, but they were going to tell it was much like speech where they told us, you know, we want you to make a PowerPoint uh, presentation, just a a page or so. And we just want you guys to do this. So I, I take my shit pretty serious and he did his, uh, it lasted a couple minutes. It was done. I got up there and I did mine. Mine was like 10, 15 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And after it was done, I sat down and Lee goes, just so you guys know, we tasked Matt and Joe to do this. We pretty much just wanted one PowerPoint. Joe gave us one PowerPoint page and did his presentation. If you guys didn't count, Matt had 11 slides. Yeah. Like, my PowerPoint was a full-blown PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> yeah. I even put the Pepsi Optimus Prime in there. <laughs> well, I mean, why wouldn't you? Exactly. That's what I said. <laughs> um, my, well, I'm going to argue, though, that my presentation was more important than the other guys, though. My presentation was on communication. And um, so I yeah. delved pretty deep into all the aspects of communication that we should be doing at work. So, yeah. Uh, I still defend I still defend it and I still defend my multi-page PowerPoint presentation. Well, this is weird to only have a one slide presentation. That's all they wanted. That's all they wanted. (laughs) No. Eh, Whatever. Whatever. Um, Yeah. So I I don't know. I mean, I like speech and things like that. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, looking back on my history and my youth of doing it. Boy, that's a black stain. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Improv is terrible. Improv is kind of terrible. Yeah. I mean, I think for young people like us as teenagers, it's a great way to uh, expand yourself. I don't know how great it is to, like, be an adult and do it, though, too much. (laughs) I think you have to kind of go find where the good people are for it. Because, like, uh, probably, you know, if Second City ever comes through again, because that's where, like, half of SNL is from Second City and the other half is from what is it groundlings in LA? Uh, and like, and those are the two like top places for adults to be from what I understand, uh, to be, um, improv people. And I know on Netflix, there's the show it's got, um, Oh, I can't think of his name now. It's a, it's a guy from, um, uh, Silicon Valley. I want to say, okay. He's on those commercials for like sprint. Now I think he's just like a really nerdy looking dude. um, just like kind of shorter and scrawny. And then it's, uh, you never walked, watched Parks and Rec, did you? No, I wasn't a fan. Okay. Ah, oh, man. Can't, my I, know. I can't think of his name though. Uh, but there's a guy, his name was John Ralphio. Um, 
Oh, he uh, he helped in the last Star Wars in the couple last Star Wars movies. He was one of the um, the he's he's uh, in the credits as being BB-8. It was like him oh, and another. It was him yeah. and another guy from uh, SNL, I think. I think his name's. I can't think of his name. Anyway, they have a special on Netflix, and it's their last names, and so I'm never going to remember what it is. Uh, and they're just doing improv, like they just the. And I, I think it's a show that they do, like in LA, like it's a state you can go watch them on stage. And they, I think they, all they do is they, oh no, they don't even know what they're doing at the beginning of the the show. They just like, I think they just ask like, what's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you? And the entire audience just starts shouting. And then like, they hear somebody and they're like, who said my best friend's wedding, something weird happened. And like, you know, they find the person that did that. And they just like kind of interview that person for a while. Okay. And then they do like a half hour improv based on that interview with that person from the audience. And we watched a couple of episodes and I guess, yeah, like one. So we watched two episodes. One was decent. The other one was okay. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, but I get you. And, but they're considered, I, I'm guessing that they're considered like the top improvers in the world, probably like them and the people that they, but like, if you ever listen to like interviews of SNL people, like in particular SNL people, and really a lot of like comedians that have gotten into acting, especially like they've all seemed to have gotten their start either in second city out of Chicago or the groundlings out of LA. Mm-hmm. And it's all improv, and I think the 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 point of which improv, is amazing considering SNL has a no improv rule. Well, and the the reason why though is is I think it's just because improv you really learn um, like how to structure like uh, a scene, you really learn how to create a character, um, and I think like when they go audition, especially usually they're using characters that they've developed in their improvs um as like their as their auditions for snl Mm -hmm. and it sounds from what i from what it sounds like whenever i've heard an interview a lot of those characters that they've even auditioned for with for snl get turned into snl skits yeah mostly that's gonna i think like over half of the snl cast are also writers so yeah a lot of times it seems like they're hired to be writers and then they start acting or yeah some of them move yeah some of them are actors and some of them are writers and they just migrate into the acting and stuff. I know yeah. uh, it, I always get baffled by SNL, especially by the fact that like people like Jimmy Fallon made a career considering that he's one of the worst SNL actors because he could, he could never, yeah, he could never well, keep straight. I think he was mostly a writer and usually the week, cause he did weekend update and I'm pretty sure the weekend update people are m- pretty much mostly writers tina fey yeah tina fey was the head writer well and right now the two weekend update guys uh che and the other guy uh they're like the head writer like they're they're like they i think they're both the head writer um and then i have not seen snl in 20 Seth myers was the lead writer and he did weekend update um but i don't think weekend update has always been like the lead writer i think just they just probably want to do it yeah if they can. Oh, I know um, that was a big problem. Cause I know, uh, when Chevy chase back in the eighties, when he oh. came back and was a guest, he wanted to do weekend update and they said, no, you can't, yeah. you're just guesting, you know, we have a weekend update and it turned into a huge fight. And I guess him and Bill Murray, I think actually got into a fist fight over it. That's funny. Yeah. Well, it's Chevy chase and Bill Murray. They're both, uh, they're both, you know, asteroids running into each other. They're both pretty unstoppable uh, monsters. Well, Chevy chase. he, I don't know. From what I, it seems like he's just kind of, he's full of himself. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's very full of himself. I know, uh, well, I wanted to real quick just ask, like, yeah. um, when it comes to stand-up, who are, what stand-up comedians do you enjoy? Um, okay, so let's see. R- Brian Regan, uh, I've seen Brian Regan multiple times when he's here in town. Uh, oh, what is his name? Right before the pandemic, we went, the last like date we had was we went to White Sherman and we saw, oh, what is that guy's name? And I can't, it's, he's a guy, his dad, Nate, it's like Nate something, Nate Bergazzi. Uh, his dad was like a, a, a clown magician. And so he has a lot of really good material from his childhood. Uh, but he's like a deadpan guy. Like he just seems like really bored most of the time. But then he's also like laughing at his own jokes a lot. And so that helps. But he's really funny. Um, so, yeah, Nate Bergazzi, Brian Regan. Um, oh, man, what's his name? Uh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, he's got a, he's done a bunch of stuff with um, – the guy from This American Life, or he like gets produced. Oh boy, <laughs> I'm you, yeah. If I could have done some research, I could have had a better list for you. Um, and I, and, uh, man, Mike Brabiglia, that's his name. Uh, Mike Brabiglia is a little. He's gotten. I don't like his newer stuff. I guess. Um, he, he tends to monologue like his whole set is just like one big story with a bunch of like tangent jokes. Um, and he tends to be a little depressing, um, but he his older stuff is really good. And then um, 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 oh, what's that guy? Uh, Dimitri Martin. I really like him. Uh, oh, yeah. Dimitri Martin. He is uh, way older than he looks. Yes, he is. Uh, and then also when I saw him at Hoyt Sherman, he thought it was his first time ever being there. Uh, he's just like, I don't think I've ever been here. And somebody in the audience like, it's your third time. And I knew for a fact it's the second time I ever saw him there. Uh, and I'm 100% convinced uh, that, the, that the Hoyt Sherman people released a bat just so that he never forgets that he's been there. Because then the rest of his set was plagued by this one bat that kept like swooping down at his head. <laughs> uh, and he's really funny cause he's really good with hecklers for, for whatever reason, like I, both times I've seen him, he's gotten like a heckler and he's really good uh, about like dealing with them and like talking to them and just getting them to shut up. Um, and he, he's really uh, interactive with the audience. Like, it, like you can, like you can tell he has his set. Like he has all, he has the jokes that he's going to tell, but then he does a really good job of like just chatting with people in the audience and like kind of tailoring the jokes a little bit to like, uh, like he, I, at one point I think he asked somebody, uh, I think he, one of his jokes, he like just asked if there's anybody who was a, a zookeeper. And I don't, it didn't seem like he was really expecting anybody to be, but then like somebody in the balcony worked with rhinos at the zoo here in town and so then, like, he just kind of interviewed that person for a little bit. And then, like, later in the set, he had a couple of jokes then that kind of, like, went back to that talk, that, that interview he had with the person in the audience. So, that was, like, that's always fun, I think, for me. Like, I always enjoy that when, you know, it feels a little more, um, like, you'll probably never, you know, get this interaction again. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then on Netflix, we watch a lot of comedians on Netflix. Uh Oh man, now I can't think of her name. 
uh, to Lady uh, Schlesinger. Don't know that one. Oh, she has like five specials. Like she's, yeah, I don't know. Oh man, something Schlesinger. I can't think of her name. Um, but she's pretty funny. I like her older stuff more than her newer stuff, I guess. Um, and we've watched like a couple of like the, not like the last man standing or whatever it's called, but like Netflix had a show that was kind of like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's kind of one of the first, the first place I ever saw Nate Bergazzi was on, um, Conan, I think like he, he was just on Conan for one episode or actually he was on Conan a lot. I saw him like multiple times. But then he was on this like weird Netflix special that like it was like six episodes per season, and each mm-hmm. episode is just a different stand up for like I don't know I think they're like an hour long episodes, and those are usually pretty good. They're and like they're like supposed to be like up and coming comedians sort of thing. Yeah. But no, uh, stand up is one of like the weird things that my wife and I like can t- typically agree on, um, and we don't tend to like watch um, like the more crass stuff. I think the most crass like comedian that we've ever watched and really enjoyed was Ali Wong. I love Ali Wong. She's hilarious. I think she's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I do not understand why she was in birds of prey. Cause she's not playing anything. Oh yeah. Dead yeah. I forgot she's just, playing. she's just playing a straight character and it's very weird considering how funny she is as a yeah. performer, actor and writer. She's a writer. Yeah. She's written for a couple of things. Isn't she? She wrote her always be my maybe movie with Randall Park. Yeah. 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 Which that is an underrated movie. Cause like very you're the good. only other person I know that has seen that. <laughs> yeah. I love that movie. I thought it was Such very good. good movie. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. So she has a, a bunch of, uh stand up like specials yep. looks like she's something called american housewife uh, i don't know anyway. that i'm just looking at her imdb it's just a bunch of stuff i've never heard of oh here we go yeah. oh that's something coming out that's a tv show <laughs> never mind it's been on since 2016 <laughs> she's oh, okay she's in it uh anyway uh who are some like stand up that you like or do you watch a lot of stand up I don't watch a lot, but I do have some favorite standups. Uh, I I love, and I'm still very deeply sad uh, with him passing, but uh, George Carlin. Mm-hmm. Is, I never watched a ton of George Carlin. Whenever I've seen something, it's always like really good. Like, he seems like a very thoughtful person. He is. He actually yeah. wrote the opening monologue to Bill and Ted. Uh, oh, really? Yes. And it, it, you can tell. If you watch that, you can tell. And uh, – he, uh, George Carlin has always been one of my favorite comedians of all time. He mm-hmm. is, he, he was, a, he was amazing. And, uh, what, I mean, I, I know you, you probably wouldn't watch his stuff, but, uh, I absolutely love Dave Chappelle. I think, uh, I think Dave Chappelle is one of the most, he, I mean, he's, he's known as being one of the most talented comedian stand-up yeah. comedians ever. And, he's not afraid to say what needs to be said and he just did again this week or last week i can't remember and uh i god i remember he had the world record for the longest stand-up where he was did stand up for like 10 hours or something like that Uh, and didn't he endorse uh, kanye though as president no god no i don't think so um he makes some pretty funny jokes about kanye oh yeah dave Chappelle's pretty wonderful i've always loved him i always have even since i was a kid you know he's been doing stand-up since he was 14 years old wow and he's an amazing one uh if 
I, I, I do love Daniel Tosh, but he hasn't done a stand-up in like 12 years. He's had some issues, though, hasn't he? He has a show. He's got that Comedy Central show, Tosh.0, and so he doesn't need to do stand-up anymore. That's still going on? Yep. Dang. I have to look it up every once in a while because I'm always I, curious if he's going to do another stand-up special. Yeah, I don't feel like... I, I feel like I watched his special of his like a long time ago when I was watching like movies on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was okay. I don't feel like it was as good as like the hype. Oh, I, I always love it. I, I always yeah. love his stand-ups. Um, oh gosh, who else was I going to say? Uh, I like, um, I just had to look him up cause I couldn't recall his name. Lee introduced him to me. Uh, John Maloney. John Maloney, Maloney, yeah. So he is another lead writer from SNL. Yes. He is hilarious. Yeah, his stand-up's really good. Yeah. He, uh, well, because he comes off so clean, and then, like, he's not really. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, so good. Yeah. Um, my, I'll say this. Even higher, like, I don't think he's as great as Dave Chappelle, but he's my favorite stand-up comedian, is uh, John Caparulo. I don't know who that is. Oh, John Caparulo is wonderful. It, it's narrative comedy. He tells stories. Oh, wait. I recognize this guy a little bit. He's a big Maybe. guy. He has a hat. He used to be yeah. on Pepsi lately a lot. Uh, he's really great. He hasn't done a stand-up for like seven years, but he uh, he hasn't done a, a show, I should say. But he does do – he has a podcast, and he does uh, okay. he does like night shows locally. Yeah, that makes sense. And, uh, he's really great. He just tells stories. Mm-hmm. and it's he's very good uh th- yeah those are ones that i absolutely love mm-hmm. uh, i have to say i I'm, I'm not saying i go against the grain or anything mm-hmm. but i've tried to watch him I, I can't watch bill burr no i can't stand that guy i can't watch bill burr i really no. can't i i tried to stat- watch his stand-up comedies i do enjoy louis ck I, I do enjoy Louis C.K. a lot. He uh, is really hit and miss with me. Like, I can watch his, like, I'll laugh at, like, half of his jokes, I feel like. And then the other half, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, which I can understand. I mean, I'm a little sad because he doesn't exist anymore, but there's a reason yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's some comedians that I, I actually do really love. But I also, I've never watched Kevin Hart. Yeah, I've seen bits and no, I watched one Kevin Hart special a long time ago, and it was okay. I, He's an uh, angry little man. Yes, <laughs> I absolutely hate the passion Robin Williams' stand-ups. Yeah, I couldn't stand that. I watched a really old one of his, uh, long like back in high school, and I like I watched it because a friend like made me. Yep, same. And the whole same. time I was just like, can we do something else? Like uh, I don't. <laughs> Travis made me watch uh, one of his last stand-ups, oh. and uh, I was—it was an hour long, and I was miserable oh, the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I was absolutely miserable. It's kind of like uh, the uh, okay it, for any listeners that we got. Robin Williams' <laughs> stand-up is not unlike Bob Saget's stand-up. Bob Saget? Oh yeah, yeah. It's raunchy, and yeah, it's it's not funny i can understand if people want to say the same thing about like say dave chappelle because dave chappelle says some really rough stuff uh dave but just has bad language i don't know that his, like that it's not intelligent though whereas i don't necessarily i didn't feel like robin williams is, was was as intelligent yeah i i hearing robin williams say the f word like 20 times in like two minutes was just like yeah. I, 
I don't want to watch this. Like, I was miserable the whole he, time. He's also, like, way too high energy. Yes, he is, like, it's like he's on cocaine. Yeah, like, uh, I watched an episode of, um, oh, man, speaking of improv, uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? He had, there's one yeah. episode of Whose Line where he was, like, one of the, like, one of the, uh, the improvers. Really? And the whole time, like, I don't know that he ever sat down in his chair. Like, he was just all over the place. Like, he was, like, Drew Carey was, like, you know, trying to, like, go out to commercial. And, like, all of a sudden, Robin Williams just, like, pops up behind Drew Carey. And he's just, like, messing with his microphone. And it's just, like, what is going on? Oh. <laughs> just I know. Like, uh, yeah, I, I do like uh, I had to really think of his name while you were talking because mm. Tom sends us tweets of him once in a while over politics. Uh, Jim Gaffigan. I do like Jim Gaffigan. Jim like Gaffigan is freaking hilarious. I've read all of his books. We own his t- like he had a TV show for like two seasons, maybe. Uh, it was on uh, what was it? it was on like the History Channel. It was on like a channel that like I have no idea why they had a comedian with their own TV show kind of thing. OK, it made no sense. And it was it. It was a decent – it was just a stand-up, like, as a TV show, really. So, yeah. like, nothing seemed new about it other than there's just, like, his jokes being acted out. But that guy is hilarious. And then, yeah, lately, he he really, he he um, never really dealt, dives into politics, like, in his jokes, ever. And then, yeah, lately with uh, – right before the election, maybe, like, even a month before, uh, he had, like, a big Twitter rant. And then that kind of opened yeah. the of just him – telling people that they're idiots which i felt like he i don't know i felt like the things he had to say he said them intelligently and he but he just kind of also like was which is also out of character for him he was like throwing out uh like cuss words yeah a lot of them uh which is which was if you're a fan of him very out of character yeah i've seen that like i'm trying to think of the stand-ups that i've watched and i can't remember i i always figured yeah his stand-ups have always been fairly clean he's considered a clean comedian and he's been asked about it like in interviews uh and he's like he always says like he's not intentionally clean like he's not trying to be clean it's just he doesn't see the point in, in swearing with when telling a joke. And so he just yeah. doesn't do it. Like, uh-huh. it's just, it's nothing. It, it, it's not something he's like intentionally doing. It's just something he does. And it says, uh, Mike Birbiglia is another one that's famously clean. And I swear he, he had a special that completely led up to the final joke of him. And in the final like joke of that set, he says the F word, um and i like i think that whole thing was just to lead up to that uh because like he just was getting tired of being like called a clean comedian yeah uh and it's interesting because like a lot of those clean comedians like comedians who are considered clean i guess like they don't they almost seem to resent being called that uh but generally because they i wonder if they just don't see the if they just don't see comedy as clean and dirty maybe they i think they just probably maybe they just see comedy as comedy I, and that's like, yeah, and that's kind of how Jim describes it when he when I've seen his interviews and like he just doesn't care to swear and so he just doesn't, which is fine. Um, I mean, yeah. I understand that. I mean, uh, off. I mean, I've I've cursed here and there on the podcast. I curse yeah. a lot in public. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, one, uh, in person. Uh, I don't in public though. Like around things, I don't curse. Um, um yeah. I yeah. I I don't mind profanity. I don't care. I don't mind it. Uh, yeah. But I also have a standing on, say, music. I don't like music with profanity. Interesting. I didn't know that. About yes, you. I really don't like music with curse words. Mm-hmm. 
If I see a song that has an E for explicit, I don't want to listen to it. Yeah, I, that's interesting that you say that, too, because I guess I, I don't know that I just like won't listen to it if I see the E, but like I definitely am just kind of less interested in it. I'm a racist toward it, I guess I should say. You're what? I'm I'm I I won't say I, I refuse to listen to it, yeah. but I'm uh I'm 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 hesitant toward it. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I I don't know what it is. Like yeah, I I've got quite the potty mouth. I'll fully admit it. But yeah, when it comes to like music and things like that, um, it's the same stance that we did when we talked uh, endlessly about Star Trek Picard. Hearing profanity in Star Trek was really off-putting. Yeah. And yeah. I don't try and curse in public, like mostly because I have a public job. Uh, but um privately i don't mind but yeah when it comes to like public air public or music and stuff like that i don't like hearing it i really don't i'm not saying it offends me but i'm just saying i don't like it well and the thing like with i guess i mean i i guess i prefer not to i definitely do uh in my inner monologue um in in public especially i try not to and it's mostly just because like i don't know when a like a little kid is around yep um like and so I just, uh, I remember just like in high school, there's this one kid, uh, that would just, he would swear, I swear he was like just cussing to cuss. Like I, yeah. and he would just do it constantly. And there's like a day where we were at the park, like playing Frisbee. And there's just like, there were like kids, like 10 feet away from us, like really little kids. I was just like, dude, like knock it off. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I had to, I have a friend of mine, uh, I won't say who it is. I don't know if they would listen, but uh, I have a friend who is similar to to that, similar with my, out in my job, who doesn't know what an inside voice is or doesn't (laughs) know what an appropriate voicing is. And he cringes me so much when I hear the way they talk. And it's like, there's people around. I said the F word once at a store and I had someone who worked there charging at me. Wow. And, it kind of nervous to me. I, I watched myself. I, yeah. I, I just accidentally happened. Just I yeah, broke yeah, yeah. I broke my character a little bit. And uh, <laughs> but I've I've heard some people say some stuff. Like today, I heard a dude walk by and he was just cussing like a storm on the phone. And it's like, dude, come mm. on, you're in public. I guess I shouldn't right. speak. I guess I shouldn't expect much because you're wearing sweatpants at a store. But still, yeah, I think there was a a lawsuit. There's a guy kayaking like in a like in a park. And uh-huh. his kayak like tipped over, and he like just dropped the f bomb. And I guess like a lady with was nearby camping with her kids, and I think she sued him and like won the case. That's BS. That's I, such garbage. I don't know. At least I don't know. I don't know. I just remember that like hearing about that. I guess I don't know. That's she... terrible. That's so. That's that's the era we live in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Um. I was gonna say. Uh, I'll tell you what though. I don't listen to him. I, I remember listening to them back when they were on Comedy Central a lot. I'm just going to say right now, mm-hmm. uh, some of the biggest laughs I ever got was by the Hillbillies, like Jeff Foxworthy, being at Bill Engvall, um, yeah. Ron White. Yeah, Ron, White's, Ron White's kind of the, the vulgar one out of them. Yeah. Uh, but, man, I got to tell you, uh, I'm not a big fan of Larry the Cable Guy, but yeah. the rest of those guys, some of the funniest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> Yeah, I remember I, – I don't know that I've heard Jeff Foxworthy since, like, junior high, but I remember really think like like thinking he was pretty funny back then. Yeah, it's not um, even like, you know, you're a redneck when. It's just his stand-up. Yeah, yeah like, his other stuff. Yeah. Like, Bill Engvall is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, like, some of those guys. And I got to tell you right now, I was just talking about Larry the Cable Guy with Lee 
yesterday, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but a video came on my YouTube, and it was an interview with Larry the Cable Guy, and it was him discussing his fake accent. And I watched oh, yeah. the video, and it was terrifying not realizing that Larry the Cable Guy does not have that accent in real life, that it's in a, that is 100% a bit. Yeah, yeah, you didn't know that? Nope. Oh, I've also heard that he, st- he steals jokes. A lot of people steal jokes. I remember loving Dane Cook for about a year till Dane I Cook found out he was stealing everyone's comedy. No, from what I understand, like Dane Cook and Larry the Cable Guy are like the worst offend, like as far as like famous offenders. Carlos Mencia as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I don't know that I've actually ever heard much of him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He got. Busted he was huge when we were like in high school. I know. He, well, yeah, he's big. Yeah, he was vulgar too, I believe. Yeah, and uh, he um, he liked the word beaner a lot. And he, uh, yeah, he got busted for stealing a whole bunch of jokes. Wow. Yep. Like, that just seems like the weirdest thing to do as a stand-up comedian, especially when you're famous. Oh, yeah. It's kind of amazing because I know uh, Dane Cook got busted stealing a lot of, like, Louis C.K.'s bits. And Louis C.K. <sighs> is huge. Yeah, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, why would you take, why would you copy? And I think most of the time, maybe they don't realize they do it. Yeah, Some maybe. of them are probably intentional, but I think maybe they're so engulfed in hearing so many jokes and stuff being around everyone in the comedy scene. Yeah. Maybe they just like maybe they just don't realize that they they're coming up with a, a, a like a bit and stuff like that. And they don't realize that it's been heard like they don't realize they hear it. They're subconsciously thinking that they made it. That's, yeah. I'm not trying to make a scapegoat, but no, that no, sounds yeah, yeah. like the most plausible thing. This well, isn't like, say, Shia LaBeouf, who is straight up plagiarizing other writers. <laughs> And then yeah. getting busted for them. Yeah. Well, and I know like um, the a lot of comic book publishers, they don't they they actively tell people do not send in scripts. And it's mostly so that like if they happen to write, you know, publish a story that's yeah. similar to something you sent them, you can't sue them because they they say like usually on their website that says like we will not open in any unsolicited mail so then therefore like if you happen if you send them a story they've written them then they publish something similar they like they didn't tech they they will claim they never opened your mail so there's no way they could have stolen your story happens all the time in the film industry yeah like a lot of movies are always getting attacked like you look up a lot of movies a lot of things yeah. have attached yeah. the, in their produ- in their post-production with a lawsuit because uh someone submitted a script it got turned down and the next thing they know they're watching a movie and it's just like their script they uh they showed oh, off what is that uh ds9 or babylon 5 was the original plan for ds9 or was the original uh, pitch j michael straczynski pitched them babylon yeah. 5 it got yeah. turned down and then a year or two later there's d space 9 yeah and i don't think that ever became a lawsuit or anything i, j- no, I think he didn't he didn't sue them or anything, I think. Which is probably best considering that J. Michael Straczynski ripped off Tolkien utterly <laughs> with Babylon 5. Oh. <laughs> like straight up where names in Lord of the Rings are in oh. Babylon 5. Yeah, I need to actually watch Babylon 5, especially since I like DS9. Babylon uh, is good. I think it's better yeah. than DS9. Oh, probably. Um, Not as good well, special effects wise because they fully embrace yeah. CGI for B5. And so it's kind of meh, but At a time when they should not have been doing that. Yeah. Not yet. 91, 92, not just yet. Yeah. 
I, I follow him on Twitter. He's a pretty decent guy to follow. He usually has like just in, like pretty intelligent things to say, and he does yeah, a really Krasinski? yeah, and he does a writer. really good he does a really good job of like interacting with fans and like if some if you tweet him a question like it seems like he's most like pretty likely to answer it. Like he's he spends a, lot he's of, a great comic book writer. Yeah, what is he? Ri- he wrote Superman or something, right? He wrote Amazing Spider Man for like five years or so. Okay. I think his autobiography is like something like Becoming Superman or something. Something like that. Yeah. You know, he did write Spider-Man too. He's written yeah. some movies as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's a pretty big name in, in like writing nowadays, it seems like. Yeah. It's um, kind of sad that, yeah, he pitched this entire thing and he got turned down. So we found a studio that'll make it. And then Paramount turned around and made, ripped it yeah. off completely. Yeah. <sighs> Like, are the parallels that obvious? Because, I mean, I've not seen There's enough characters with the same names. Oh, no. Uh, Gul Dukat. Oh, wow, yeah? <laughs> uh, the leader of the Mimbari in Babylon 5 who was killed that started a war, his name was Dukat. Okay. Yeah, there's some uh, parallels. Yeah, yeah, interesting. It's yeah, weird. That- if you look at it as a big, you're kind of like, uh, it's not too ripped off but it's there yeah uh the biggest thing is just the premise it's a space station yeah i don't know if that's the, there's not a lot of like tv shows about space stations that's for sure especially not as many as there should be seven. like it's what especially that came out so close to well it. yeah there's that like in all honesty though i don't know why there aren't more tv shows about space stations it's a, it's a really good oh uh, like premise like because it opens up a lot of good storylines um like as opposed to i guess a ship traveling through space because then you have the one set there's a like you never have to like travel to other planets so you never have to build other sets it's very much a bottle uh tv show bottle t episode of a tv show where it's all just set in the same locations which is smart yeah i mean the only issue especially being outer space then you have probably a big makeup budget i guess for like aliens but whatever yeah i know um yeah um well since it's getting a little late we could probably wrap up i do have a yeah. couple things that uh been up to the past week or so i got a couple oh, things yeah what's that well i didn't get to talk about it the last time we did our podcast but i i forgot i got my um i got a couple transformers i got my uh my uh, 35th anniversary go, uh, Back to the Future Transformer Gigawatt. Oh he yeah, into, he turns into the DeLorean time machine into a and into a robot. Yeah, that's awesome. It's pretty cool. It's pretty neat. I got it. Uh, I had one on order at uh at Hasbro's website, and a buddy of mine online told me, "Hey, they've got them in stock at GameStop." Wow. And I was like, really? So I ordered one and I got it like the day before we did the podcast. Didn't get to talk about it. And (laughs) well, needless to say, I forgot to cancel my pre-order for my other one that wasn't due out until January. And he was on my doorstep when I got home. Oh, so you have two. I got two. Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, That's actually funny because that's exactly how I have two Funko Pops of Lobster Johnson. Yep. Order Uh, something. And then forget you ordered it or find yeah. it, and then you forget to cancel that damn pre-order, and then next thing you know, it gets shipped. Yeah, well, mine, uh, I pre-ordered it through the comic book store, and so they were supposed to get it through Diamond. Uh, you told me and, about this. That's yeah, right. The day it was supposed to be out, it's like, oh, is my Lobster Johnson in? 
Uh, it's like, oh no, Diamond didn't ship it. Like week after week after week, I, I think it, ha- it probably went on for two months. And then finally, I was just like, you know what? I'll just see where I can get it online. GameStop yeah. uh, out in Altoona had it, so I drove out. To, I just got in the car, drove out to Altoona, bought it, came home. I think I I just stopped asking about it at the comic book store. Just kind of forgot yeah. about it. Uh, and then finally, I, probably two weeks later, like, oh, hey, it finally came in. I was like, God dang it. Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> I did that where I ordered a book from a comic book store and they said it was on back order. They didn't know if they could get it. I went to a books, an actual bookstore and they had it. And so I picked it up. And then about two weeks later, I got a call saying, Hey, your book came in. And I was like, Oh, I'll be right there. I never went and picked it up. You've never been back. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I got gigawatt and he's pretty wonderful. I I actually really love him. I love these crossovers because Hasbro has been doing a bunch of these. They did a Ecto one last year. The Ghostbusters one. Yeah. I got the Ghostbuster one. They did a top gun. figure. I didn't get that one. Um, I like top gun, but I just didn't get it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And but I got I got I, I always wondered it's like man I wonder if they'll do Back to the Future someday maybe not because there's so many controversies behind the creator of that car um, oh the DeLorean yeah so I really but it, I don't mm-hmm. believe it's licensed I don't think it's a licensed uh, uh, DeLorean well, it's well, identical but it doesn't have the DMC on it oh it doesn't and, no it does not oh, not on the front it did. no I'm surprised it does not huh. and. Uh, and then two weeks ago, they announced the X-Men transforming cro- which, Transformers crossover, which I sent to you. And yep, your response was, where, how much, and uh, how do I order this? Yeah, and you sent me a link to Target, and I pre-ordered it. Uh, and then, like, the next day, uh, I was just like, oh, by the way, I pre-ordered a, a thing a thing through Target. To my, I told my wife. She's like, yeah, I saw that. I was wondering what that was. <laughs> So yeah, uh, <laughs> I I have the original figure because these are kind of retools of pre, mm. of other figures. I have the original figure that oh. it's based on. It's a movie figure. It's Jetfire. He turns into a blackbird. Okay. Um, I think it looks awesome, but I chose not to order it because I don't have a real attachment to X Men very much. Yeah, uh, I. The only reason I did is because like I just grew up watching that. It was like one of the it's, only it's, it's, it's major cartoons, cartoons I watched. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so cool. that's 100 percent why I got it. <laughs> uh, one of my friends he ordered it too like he i asked him i said my one of my oldest friends wants uh he wants to order but i can't find the link and then i found it and i sent it right to you mm. uh, it's pretty cool i'm always wondering when they're going to do these crossover things yeah I, it's interesting when they do it uh i have a couple things on order from target right now one of them shipped but i haven't gotten any info for it it's mm. exclusive and another one's exclusive it's supposed to be out in a couple weeks so that's cool i did get uh i went out hunting last weekend uh and got uh the earthrise netflix bumblebee and yeah i i'm holding it in my hand right now i absolutely love this because he's a licensed vw volkswagen beetle yeah you you we were talking about that when we talked about earthrise didn't we or about whatever war for cybertron something Uh, like that yeah that's cool that they got they finally got that well, they got they. I mean, he was a VW in the movie, mm-hmm. and um, and and Volkswagen was always pretty saying no, we don't want to do this, but they finally are. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, I mean, I knew I knew through the leaks and rumors that Bumblebee was getting made, but I was not expecting him to be a Beetle. 
and mm. he got revealed. It's a ne- it's a Walmart exclusive figure, and wow. uh, I heard about sightings uh, last week, and mm-hmm. so last Saturday, uh, I fell asleep uh, when I got off work like I usually do. Mm-hmm. I got up. It was like six thirty, six forty five, and I went to a Walmart. I found the wave that he was in didn't have him. Mm. And this was like, this was like literally like eight fifteen, eight thirty, and I'm, I'm looking and going, okay, everything closes at ten. Uh, I know the Walmart that I have to go to daily doesn't have it, so I guess I'll drive to Ankeny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I drove. I was heading to Ankeny, and I'm like, well, let's check Grimes. Let's check Grimes. Oh I yeah, for that Walmart. I pulled off the exit and drove over there and there he was. And I'm like, yes, thank God. I don't have to drive to Ankeny. I don't have to face <laughs> the clock. So yeah. he's a pretty wonderful little guy. Uh, yeah. I have a love attachment to Bumblebee. So I was going to say, you have like every iteration of Bumblebee, don't you? I have a lot of Bumblebees. I have a lot of Optimus Primes. And a lot and, of, uh, do you still get Shockwave? Oh, yeah. I get every so, Shockwave. I was going to say, you have like a bajillion Shockwaves. I used to. I sold a lot of them. I oh, still you did? Have the ones that I like. I sold yeah. the original. Um, yeah. uh, I think that's the only one I sold. Oh, I sold the Prime version, too. Uh, but yeah. I have a bunch of Shockwaves. Mm-hmm. And, okay. uh, like, certain characters. But I do love Bumblebee. Like, I have an original yeah. Bumblebee. Uh, I have my childhood Bumblebee. I actually... I don't like buying stuff and leaving them in package. But I yeah. do have a packaged Bumblebee on my wall. Mm-hmm. That I got a year ago. And... Um, there's a part of me that goes, Matt, can you really justify spending another $20 and buying another Bumblebee to put on a wall? <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it, it fell down to similar to what we were talking about uh, earlier where, yeah, literally I had a whole bunch of crap on pre-order mm-hmm. and I started getting emails of shipping notices. And I'm like, ooh, this is too close to Christmas. Please stop oh, sending yeah, this yeah. stuff out. Like, because some of the stuff isn't supposed to come out until, like, January. Like, oh, the man. back to the second Back to the Future figure wasn't supposed to be out until January. Hmm. And the next thing I know, I got a shipping notice. Um, a Dragon Ball huh. Z figurine that I got. Uh, yeah. That wasn't supposed to be out till next month either. And he shipped last week too. And I got him and I'm seeing these. I had like five packages get delivered in the past five days. And I'm just like, Oh, I forgot to cancel that pre-order. Whoops. Yeah. Oh man. I'm I'm not hurting. I'm not hurting at all. It's money that I shouldn't be spending on myself. Yeah. Well, that's so weird too. Just like that. I mean, you try to plan it out and then they're like two months ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff got delayed this year, so I was kind of baffled to be like, "Oh, this came out." Yeah. yeah. I also got a yeah. I got a new Dragon Ball Z figure. I did a photo shoot and I put it on my Instagram like I usually always do because I like doing photography on stuff like that. Yeah. It's fun. So, but yeah, other than that, yeah, I got some figures worked. Uh, that's about it. Uh, I think I have. God, what do I have? Uh, I've got one. Yeah, I've got a. I've got a figure from Japan. It's it's at the post office right now, but it hasn't been delivered yet. So hopefully I get that on Monday. It was a figure that I originally canceled. And then I saw him and he was in stock. And I'm like, can I justify this? Can I justify spending the money on this? It's really cool. It's not like they're ever going to do this again. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Oh, man. 
that's uh that cable you showed me a cable a while ago that's like a hundred bucks i think it's coming out next month or something and i came so oh, close the rebel tech i think yeah i don't remember I, I came so close to ordering it i'm glad i haven't but i, I think I about think... it a lot i just can't justify that (laughs) i know i have stuff like that too where i just can't justify like uh let me look this up i don't remember what it was uh yeah it's the rebel yeah it was a hundred dollar cable figure yeah that's just a statue isn't it it's not even like a oh no it's posable oh it is oh man that makes it better (laughs) yeah i think this is the one i sent you uh yeah, like it's um like yellow, yellow and blue X Men, isn't oh. it? Yeah, uh, like classic X Men. <clears throat> I sent a picture of it in our chat. Yeah. Oh come on. It's oh uh uh. Yeah yeah yeah, that's it. That's the one. Yeah. Yep yep, that's the one. Yeah, that's a posable figure. Oh man. Yeah, he comes with a Oh yeah, dude, he comes with like four guns, uh two different oh, heads that has things. He's got different hands. Super Liefeldian too. Just the massive guns. Six and a half inches tall, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just it's, it's so I know. Expensive. It's so expensive. <laughs> I think I remember when I showed that to you, I think you asked me, Do you have the Deadpool one? I was like, No, I don't buy Revel Techs. Um, yeah. I like you, but I don't. <laughs> that said, uh, I did order that uh, Marvel Legends Thanos figure. Oh yeah. I did order that. Yes. Did you show that to me. I believe I did. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You told me when you ordered. I think. I don't know. That's pretty yeah, exciting. Old Thanos head. Uh, but yeah, he comes with a bunch of different hands and stuff. And oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, Legends. Uh, yeah, that's a Marvel oh, Legends. Figure. Nice. Yeah. Oh, and I have. I'm. I'm ashamed to admit this. I have like two or three Mandalorians on pre-order. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, oh yeah. Speaking of which, uh, uh, I guess we never talked about it on here. We, we were talking about it in our chat or uh, just throughout the week. Um, <clears throat> but just comp- I didn't. I never brought it up. Uh, we were just sitting eating like dinner or something, and my wife just is like. Hey, would you mind rewatching Mandalorian? I was just like, I'm only like three and a half episodes in. She's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, actually, I think what she asked me is like, Would you mind? Would you mind getting Disney Plus back? I was like, Why? He's just like, Oh, like, would you want to rewatch Mandalorian? I was like, Yeah. So it sounds like I might be watching more of the Mandalorian coming soon, just because because uh, my wife wants to watch it too. So that's nice. I offered you my my you account. Did. You did, uh, and I never re- re- responded to that. Uh, we did not. No, I, and mostly just because like I just I don't have the time to watch it if I'm watching it by myself. Uh, I was gonna give you the suggestion that if you take your lunch hour, you could watch an episode of lunch uh, uh, on your yeah. lunch break. Yeah. So I could. Yeah. So I could watch something while because on my lunch break I've been riding my bike, my um, whatever it's called, exercise bike. Uh, and actually lately I've been listening and we, I, should, I meant to bring it up when we were talking about books. I've been listening to, uh, a book that's a bunch of short stories, uh, that was really good. Uh, and that might be a good book to talk 
talk about another time just because it's it kind of brings up a lot of like weird sci-fi concepts that might just be interesting things to talk about Mm -hmm. Uh, because like one of the stories it's time travel but you can only travel like the time travel device is like this this doorway and you can either go through it one way and you go 20 years into the past or you can go the other way around uh and you can go 20 years into the future uh but only if the doorway exists at that time um and so that was an like the story that the guy wrote about that was really interesting but just then the concept of being able to travel through time but only like very specifically um is just kind of an interesting concept i guess uh and then what was it oh yeah there's one story about um like artificial intelligence and it was i hated the story but the concept of it being that these people basically had these pets that could talk so they essentially had children that were ai and they like were raising them as children like these single people raising these like weird digi pets like for 20 years um and just like falling in love with these creatures in like this weird oasis type place uh on the internet and and like part of the story was that like um the platform that they were on uh basically just went away or it got bought by another company but the software for the artificial uh artificial intelligence wasn't it was never port like portable or is never written in the in this other programming language so mm-hmm. they were basically they were the only people still using the old software and so like it was just like this massive universe of like planets and places to go visit but like on the like basically the oasis from ready player one uh but there's like just nobody else there and it was just like them and their weird little digi pets uh oh, okay. and so and so like part of the story was them like they didn't want to turn the, them off because like they loved them so much as like children and then the only way to get them ported to the new software uh was or the new platform like the only people that were like willing to pay for it was a company that wanted to ex- exploit them as sexual partners <laughs> oh. and so then and so then it was just like real like it honestly was not where I thought that story was going. Uh, and it was just, it's interesting the way it played out, I guess. Uh, and then, Oh, and then like, yeah, this one story was just about um, like entropy. Like there's these weird like robots that existed and they breathed. Uh, uh, he, he always just referred to it as air. I think at one point he said it was like some other, some specific type of, um gas but like inside the earth is compressed gas and so they extract that and put it into these canisters and then they swap those can which they call lungs obviously Uh, and so they swap out their lungs like daily and if they don't they die and then they can put in new lungs and they get like turned back on but they forgot everything and so then uh and over time they're realizing that uh that they themselves are slowing down very, very slightly. And so they're, uh, they're realizing that the pressure from the earth is equalizing with the pressure in the air. And so the pressure then inside their bodies isn't as high. Um, and so then the mechanisms in their brains are working slower because of like, because like they're they're only working because of the air pressure from their lungs, and so like it's just like this weird story just about how like realizing like eventually we're going to 
die because the air pressure will equalize and our bodies just won't function anymore. And it, and so it's just kind of like just a very strange story to like just contemplate in that way because yeah. the I mean that's just the concept of entropy and like to take it more literally like we consume food which is energy organized into an object we take in that food and we basically create chaos out of that energy by expelling it in different ways and so I don't know interesting things to think about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you uh, send me the info on it, and then I see if I can grab it for an audiobook, and we can do a discussion yeah, about I it. Yeah, uh, I got it from the library, but it got returned before I even finished it, and I oh. didn't even feel like I was going through it that slowly. I thought I was going pretty quick, uh, so I'll have to get it get, get it back or buy it or something. It was it was it, was, uh, it took me forever to pick a book because I was just like, I don't want to get a book and have it suck. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> I, so I finally just picked one, and it was pretty good. The time travel rules reminded me, like I was getting flashbacks of eleven twenty two sixty three by Stephen King. Interesting. Which I have never read it, but I watched the miniseries of it. It's really oh, good. Oh yeah, it's about the guy who tries to stop uh, the uh, JFK assassination. Yes, yeah. and it's just a portal. It's a portal in like a, a closet or a cupboard in a restaurant, and it's got very distinct rules about it. Where uh, whenever you enter it. It's September 9th, 1958, 11:58, and no matter what, if you go, if you leave and come back, it's the exact time. But do you and see you yourself run into again? A, no, no, okay. you replace that person. So then everything you did, like, so let's say you go back a second time, everything you did the first time is erased. Yes, you're okay. always going back at that uh, exact second that you entered, and uh, no matter how long you're in the past. Uh, hours, days, years. The second you go back in the portal, back to uh, the year you came from, uh, only two minutes have passed. Hmm. And so, and you can change the past. You can do whatever you want. You can change whatever you want. Yeah. You return to your present. The second you go back in the portal, it resets it back to that day and and hour and second. Oh man, I want to watch that. I've never seen that movie. Or it's good. Really it's want to now. really good. I'll yeah, lend it to you. I have it. I okay. I bought the series because oh. I couldn't find it to rent, so I own the I own the DVD of it. That reminds me too. Have you ever seen the movie Source Code? No. Uh, have you seen the movie Moon? No. Oh, I yeah, I read Moon about it. Sam Rockwell. He's like yeah, uh, Sam Rockwell, and Kevin Spacey. Yeah, and Kevin Spacey. Fantastic movie. Um, but Source Code. It's written by the same person. Uh, and it's about, it's a uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and he's like in, he's in this room and he can never like kind of grasp like the size of the room. Uh, it, but he's, it's like always freezing cold in there. He, like he's always complaining and, and, um, he just has like a series of monitors and he can talk to people like these scientists that are somewhere else. And they just, they keep telling him to get back in this chair. And as soon as he sits in the chair, they just tell him like, uh, we've recorded the memories of somebody who was on this train that was bombed and you're, and they've, they've programmed that guy's memories to be able that, so that Jake Gyllenhaal's character can relive. I think it's like something like the last 15 minutes of that guy's life. And so he's supposed to figure out who bombed the train um, because they think that the guy is going to bomb something else. And so they want to be able to figure out who it is before he bombs something else. Uh, and so really like of Assassin's Creed. That does, what? Isn't, Isn't that the that plot the, of Assassin's Creed? I, I've never played uh, the original Assassin's Creed. So I guess uh, from what I understand, it's yeah, similar. 
Because okay. uh, yeah, it's like somebody sitting in a chair and they're going back in time and reliving like their, their ancestors' memories. Yeah. 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 So in this one though, like he yeah he just keeps reliving the same 15 minutes, uh, and every time it ends with the train exploding, and then they're just like, okay, go back, and like and so he's just like running th- up and down the train trying to like find somebody who's acting weird, uh, and then. Uh, yeah. And, and just, he's also like falling in love with like the lady who, who's like engaged to the guy whose memories he's reliving. It's oh. really weird. Uh, it sounds like edge of tomorrow as well. Oh yeah. It's another weird time travel movie I've never seen. Uh, oh, recommend it wholeheartedly. Yeah. So, okay. So basically this sounds to me like we're coming up with a list of things we, we need to watch you. <laughs> edge of tomorrow is amazing. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, now that I'm going to be riding the the exercise bike uh, over my lunches, I can start watching things, uh, eat more easily, uh, and then we can maybe start reviewing movies, like these, these weird time travel movies. Yeah. <laughs> First thing um, we're going to review, Time Cop. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. That's, okay, so that's um, the muscle from, muscles from Brussels. What's his face? Yeah, that, that's, that's Jean-Claude. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's not the one, though, with... Uh... No, no, it's not. Um, Double Team. That's the movie I was thinking. It's a movie with Dennis Rodman. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that that movie exists is just ridiculous. Um, and on that note, we're going to call it a night. Yeah, I was just going to say, we should really stop. Oh, two, <laughs> two hours and ten minutes. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. If you head over to our website, recordinglivepodcast.com, you can get links to all of our stuff. Leave us a message. Email us, hello at recordinglivepodcast.com. I should really check that to see if anyone's emailed us. Um, but, yeah, probably just hit us up on Facebook. We'll see a message there. Yeah, uh, yep. we're doing updates on there now again. I'm making yeah. sure to post updates. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, Twitter. I wait for Dexter to post the the podcast, and then I, I scurry over, copy the link, and make a post on our Facebook for it. Yeah, good. Uh, eh, that's something I should be doing, too. Anyway, um, the problem is, is whenever I post an episode, it takes a couple minutes, and I get bored waiting, and then I just... Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. All right. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, and, yeah, uh, tell us a movie or a show we need to review, I guess. We might do it. Who knows? Um, Make a post about that, too. I'll ask a questionnaire. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. So, thanks for listening. Right. Bye. Take care.